Hey everyone, welcome back to Strip Down. I've uh, always been a little MIA, um, and for good reason. I have our second baby girl, Arlie Jo. So excited she is finally here. She decided to come literally right at 42 weeks. <laughs> a girlfriend, I guess, was enjoying uh, quarantine in the womb. And so since I haven't had as much time to record, I thought, hey, let me bring back uh, one of your guys' favorite guests, uh, my, you know, hubby partner and daddy to Amelia Ray and Arlie Joe, my hubby Justin. Hi, honey. Hi, Allie. Thanks. It's <laughs> great to be here. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for coming back on. I know it was, like, really hard to book you tonight. Well, it's very difficult given our, our current schedule, but I was in town and I thought I'd just stop on by and say hi. Yeah, perfect. Okay. I love it. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, we recently became, uh, you know, parents to uh, two girls and, you know, life is definitely uh, a little more hectic and we're still adjusting, but, you know, hey, the girls are both sleeping right now. We figured, hey, let's knock out a podcast and uh, have some fun. So, I've got a little bit of wine. Justin's got, what do you got, beer? Sculpin. Sculpin, okay. I never heard of that before. Where is that? It's a brewery in San Diego. Ah. Sculpin IPA. Okay. It's so, going to give me gas, but I like it. <laughs> nice. Um, so, yeah, so we're just going to, like, uh, dive right in. So, like I said, um, I haven't even been on social to actually announce that our daughter is here because it's been, obviously, just a lot of chaos on social. Um, so I've decided to wait. But I figured, hey, you guys always listen. You're so supportive here on my podcast. So we'll announce it here and we'll talk a little bit about the birth and uh, kind of how things went. So, um, babe, do you, you want me to take it away or you want to start or what, what do you think? Why don't you start and so I know where you're starting. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to. Okay, fine. So um, it was uh, what? Saturday, this past uh, Saturday night at 2 a.m. is when I technically went into um, actual labor. Um, but before that, um, we had gone on a family walk. We were having a dance party downstairs with Amelia. And we were just like having a good time, trying to relax me because I hadn't gone into labor. And it was getting to be very frustrating for me because I knew I was going to come on being induced. And I wanted to really let my body do its thing. I knew it could, but it was just like, I was so stressed and I felt like, you know, ticking time bomb being at the end of my pregnancy. And Justin was like, let's just have a dance party and have fun. And, you know, we were just like hanging out with Amelia, having a good old time. And, um, then we put her to bed. Justin went to bed. I made him give me like the acupressure, um, it, like all these different spots on like your back and by your, like your butt. What do you mean you made me? I, you politely you were, asked for me. Uh, you were like half asleep and we're like, could, could I do it later? And I was like, no. You politely asked me to give you the acupressure and I politely complied politely because you complied. were my pregnant wife. Yeah, but uh, let's be real. You were like half asleep and I was kind of begging you, like, please just do these points here and please just rub my shoulders here. And also I had been to the... Um, to uh, pregnancy uh, acupuncture before because my doula, um, Stacy Blackwell, was like, you need to go do that. You've done everything else. Let's see if that helps you. And it usually stimulates like your uterus and all the points and this and that. And so I was like, okay, that sounds good. So I went and did that. I did that, what was it, two days in a row that I did that? I, 
No, not two days in a row, but it was definitely twice within within like that week. A couple so. days or something. Okay. So yeah, so I did that twice, and I was told to make sure that Justin like did more pressure points and also like really um, like rubbed in the areas where I had that done so that it would keep stimulating it. Because when I was doing it, I felt like actual heavy contractions um, at the acupuncturist um, because it's supposed to stimulate your uterus and it's supposed to create contractions and all that. And also for like those that don't know, I know I mentioned it on social, but I was going through like prodromal and actual early labor contractions for like a week. So I kept like just thinking I was in labor and then I wasn't or you know, it was gonna happen and then it would stall out. So that night in bed, I was like, Justin, please, you know, do all these points and this and that. So he's like pushing down and doing this and doing that. And I swear, I just started feeling something change and shift in my body. So after he fell asleep, I got up and I started doing my, like my own pressure points on, in, uh, on my hands and I was walking around. I went downstairs to get a snack and I felt like a heavy like tightening when I was going back up the stairs. And I was like, whoa, what was that? And it was like really intense. And then it happened again. And I was like, oh, I'm having trouble getting up the stairs. So I like waited a minute, came up the stairs. I went into Amelia's room. I just had this like feeling I wanted to like just go in and see her. And I was like watching her sleep. <laughs> and I was like crying and all emotional and was like talking to her about like not like gonna be a mom of one anymore and like your baby sister's gonna join us and I know she's coming and like I'm excited you know for her to join us but like I'm sad to no longer like you know be like just your mama and I was like really emotional and what was her response (laughs) she was sleeping she she probably did not hear anything I said but I felt like I needed to get it out like I was sitting there crying in her rocking chair and you know just being super whore emotional and just you know creepy yeah I know right And uh, so I was just totally like, you know, telling her how I felt and like how it was going to be, you know, when her sister came and all these things. And I thanked her like for really being such a great, you know, baby girl to us and, you know, making me a mom and teaching me so many things. And then I felt another contraction and it was getting more intense. So I called Stacy, our doula. And I was like, Stace, I know I said all week that I felt contractions, but this is different. And so she's like, okay, get in the tub. Like, if they're real, they'll continue. If they're not, they'll stall back out. So, like, get in the tub, relax, get in some warm water, chill, and, like, just let's wait. So I get the tub going. Now, we have a pretty big tub, so it took quite a bit of time for me to fill up the tub. And during that time, I was hitting more and more contractions, but they didn't seem that close together. So I thought, oh, maybe it is going to stall out. So I was just like, whatever. So then I got the tub. I got in the tub. I want to say it was maybe like 2.30, maybe closer to 3. And it started getting more intense. And I had Stacy in my earbud. And she's like, well, just, you know, moan through them, work through them, and let me count. So I went from having them at like, they were 12 minutes apart, then they were 11 minutes apart, they were 10 minutes apart. And then all of a sudden they started to really pick up. And that's when I was really moaning. Now I was shocked, by the way, everyone, that Justin did not wake up. I was pretty much screaming and moaning at this point like oh like really loud and our bedroom like yes it's big it's not that big our bathroom is still attached and I'm just in our bathroom Justin's sleeping in our bed and he's not hearing me and I'm starting to yell for him and I'm going Justin 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 just 
and he's not saying anything. And I'm like, oh my God, he is still sleeping through this. And I couldn't get out of the tub because I was just getting so much more tight and intense. And Stacy's like counting him off and she's going, okay, now you're nine minutes apart. Okay, now you're eight minutes apart. Okay, now this is getting real. And I was like, okay, so what do you want me to do? And she's like, just stay in the tub. Let me try to call Justin. So I think she called you a few times before you actually picked up because you didn't hear me yelling for you. And you didn't hear me like moaning and groaning and well, I heard you, but I was. Oh, just... you did hear me? No, but it was like part of the dream. Oh, okay. So like you weren't like conscious, like oh, Allie might be in labor. Yeah. It was just kind of like maybe something was going on. You also though all week were like. Well, you're always yelling for me and shouting for me and from <laughs> Sorry, across honey. from across the house, Josh, Josh. <laughs> yeah, but this was not. And then when you get tired of yelling, you text me. Yes, but this was not that kind of yelling. This was. Full blown, like in my primal. Oh. Yeah, but when you're yelling like that on a normal daily basis for me across the house, and then you're in labor, it just and I'm asleep and I'm in my dream and I'm just having like a good time in my dream, and now here you come <laughs> having a good time in your dream. Yeah, needing something from me, and I, you know I don't know I'm you know having a dream. I'm off in space somewhere, and, oh, okay. and now I need something, nice. and, right. and that's okay. Must have been must have been fun. Yeah, it was. Were you and really in space? I don't know where I was. <laughs> I don't remember my dream. I was abruptly interrupted. Oh, so sorry to have your child. Um, and so, so anyway, Stacy gets Justin on the phone. She's calling and calling him, and he answers, and she's like, Justin? And he's like, uh. And she's like, so um, Allie's in labor. And he's like, huh. She's like, and then he gets up, and he's like, oh, Stacy, I think I hear a ghost in my house. And I'm like ready to strangle him, by the way, because at this point I can barely breathe through these contractions. And I'm like just trying to stay in my zone because I've, you know, labored naturally before. Well, let's go back to the ghost thing. Now, if, if anybody has never heard of a woman in labor before. Okay, go ahead. It pretty much sure. sounds like this. <laughs> and it, one who hasn't heard that before would either mistake that for whale mating calls or a haunted house <laughs> so i already used the whale joke with our first kid so this you know okay so haunted house haunted house this time okay i'll find him something for the third time if we go for free all right good to know you gotta change that keep it fresh <laughs> completely so i'm like full-blown in you know justin's like ghost mode my primal like you know i'm breathing you know like with Amelia, as you guys know i did you know natural labor for almost 30 hours so I knew what that was. So I was, you know, breathing through it and Stacy's coaching me and I'm continuing to breathe and try to stay, you know, in my zone so I don't like freak out. And Justin then comes into the bathroom. He's on the phone with Stacy and she's like, pack the truck. Her contractions are starting to go seven minutes apart. Like I'm coming. At this point, I've tried to call. So Chris Medina, as you guys know, is a good friend of ours um, and Jay. And they live right by us. And they offered, of course, to help us out with Amelia, you know, once this time came. And I tried calling Chris and went to voicemail. I called Jay. I'm texting them. Now, granted, it's like three something in the morning. So like to their defense, they're sleeping, but they're not answering. And I'm like, shit. And then our neighbor next door is not answering. And I'm like, oh my well, God. Everybody puts their phone on do not disturb now. I know. You know, I didn't think about that. Like when like we talk to people about like, hey, if, I, you know, most times, most but people go into labor in the middle of the night. We, well, yeah, but let's, let's backtrack for a minute here. Sure. Because you were... At like 28 weeks, completely effaced. Mm -hmm. Kid had dropped super well, I was, low. Yeah. Well, we were in preterm labor at that point. Dr. Brock was like... Coming any day. 
come any day now. Yeah. Take it easy. Rest. Mm -hmm. Bed rest. Because we don't want this kid coming earlier than this. Well, because she was only like four pounds at that right. point. Right. So, so like, I was freaking out thinking you were you were going to go into labor early. So, like, he had, I, I had, you know, I had pretty much told the guys I'm not really golfing anymore now. Right. You know, I had stopped partying on the weekends, <laughs> you know. Partying on the weekend. Yeah, you know, we were pretty much. We were pretty much. You know. Yeah. Well, and I was like mentally waiting like for this kid to come, holding for like, her for like in a month and a half. Yeah. Well, I stopped doing everything too, and I wasn't even like picking Amelia up. I wasn't going to the crib. Like I was in like keep this baby in, keep this baby in mode. Right. And I mean, I mean that's a long. We stopped time having to sex, wait. like all of it. Well, no, we stopped. No, we stopped. Remember? Because he said that's not no how more. I remember. Oh, for like that, for like two weeks there. Yeah, when he and told then once us to the chill. kid was baked, and then it was like, all right, game on. Yeah, but, that was longer than two weeks, but yeah, I mean, but we stopped because he said he was like, everything is gonna move her, so you need to like chill. And then I was on like mini bed rest, and then quarantine happened. We weren't even in quarantine yet when that all happened because we had just gotten back from our baby. Movie. No, I know because I was I was still playing golf. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So okay, so going back to that, which also I feel like that might have had an impact on. Why she came late? Because in my mind, it was like, keep this baby in. Don't, like, mama warrior mode. Like, don't do anything to make her come out early. Like, keep her there. So in my mind, it was like, you know, must make sure baby girl is good. Yeah. <laughs> but And then you hit 40 weeks, and it's like, okay, what the hell? Like, yeah. Where, where is this? Where is she? So, so it's like every weekend I had, I would, like, do a new job. Like, maybe she's not here because this isn't done. Oh, yeah, I know. You're you the stucco. Maybe she's not this. here because yeah. this isn't done. Yeah. Or, you were convinced the stucco went by the, our grill. She didn't get that done. She wasn't coming. Then you got that done. Then I'm like, then I'm like, and then I'm like with work and everything because I'm like, because my, 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 my weeks, are, I have really structured right now. Like I can get this done on this day and this yeah. day on this day. Yeah, you've made your own like quarantine schedule. Yeah. But if she comes on this day, I'm going to have to make sure somebody covers me for this. So like three weeks, four weeks go by and I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> like, I, like, this is like super stressful trying to like make sure like everything's together for whoever has to take over for me. This kid's still not here. I'm going to have to go through a whole other week of this stuff. Well, lucky she came so, on a Saturday. And so sorry, it. dear. I mean, she's in my body. I'm like waddling. I can't move. We go on a walk every night at this point to try to move her and get her to go. And we were walking and walking and walking. And I was pretty much waddling the last week. Like I could barely move. We were still going. Well, you were waddling for several weeks. Yeah, but I mean, those last few days, remember? I could like barely move. I was like... But we're walking. We gotta walk. We gotta walk. We gotta try to move her. And she was just straight chilling. But yeah, you're right. And Chris, same thing. Chris was like, "So is she coming early? You think? Like, what's going on?" And I was like, "I don't know." But like, just be, you know, be around and everything. No, 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 no worries. We've got you. So, anyways, fast forward to that night. Nobody's picking up. So I'm on the phone with Stacy, my doula, and she's like, "Okay, listen, I've got you now in labor, poor thing." And then she had another. Uh, a client of hers who was being induced literally like an hour after I got into labor. So she's like, I have two of you at Cedars. Like, I don't like, thank God I'm virtual and not have to be in person, but like, I don't know how I'm going to like watch Amelia. And then this, I was like, okay, if you can just come and just like Amelia's sleeping. So if you could just like come and make sure she's obviously alive and like watch her on the monitor and do your thing and your doula stuff from the house. As soon as it's like somewhat of a morning, Justin will get a hold of someone to come over and watch her when she's actually yeah. awake. So then our neighbor did come over. Yeah, Vivian, she was she was a godsend. Seriously. And yeah. No, she came over. Um she came over super like it had to be seven AM or something right. like that. Because we Stacey left we here. left the house when? 
We got me. You got packed. We left at like five thirty. Okay, yeah. You packed the truck. I was in like full blown losing my shit mode, and yeah. then it was it was the the sun wasn't up yet, but it was starting to get bright. Right, right, yeah. And at this point, guys, I was like, so for those that like haven't been in labor, or haven't been through it yet, like when you go through when your body starts to like transition, which I was already getting to like you know further along. You like shake and you can't really like control your body and so because that's called transition and so I was like losing it trying to stay calm I'm shaking in Justin's truck he's trying to drive as fast as he can thank god obviously there's anything going on with quarantine and everything there was like no traffic and it's the middle of the night so it didn't take that long to get to Cedars since we do live you know further out um from the city now and what it was like 30 minutes 35 minutes or something uh, probably 35 minutes straight shot, but I yeah. was doing something between 85 and 90. Oh, yeah, down. for sure. Yeah, and I'm screaming, like, every bump he hits and everything he's doing. Like, it was just, you know, it, it was it was brutal. Poor Justin's now gone through that twice in his truck because the first time was when I was already, like, like six or seven centimeters with Amelia when we left the birth center to go to the hospital when we um, had to uh, move me for interventions. I mean, it wouldn't come down. And then now this time was when we were home. But, I mean, I didn't even know I was going that fast in labor. Like, I really felt like, oh, this is going slow. You know, it, it's going to be, like, some time. And then all of a sudden, everything just went so fast. And I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't, like, breathe. And we were on our way to Cedars. So, anyways, we get to Cedars. <laughs> Justin and I have, like, a conniption on each other because we can't figure out parking uh, and everything else because we were told to park in valet. Right? Right. So they say park in valet. There's one sign that says valet and it says go up like forward. And, right, right, And right. the thing is that when you go up forward, then there's nothing else that says valet. So literally, anybody, if you have to park at Cedar sinai in West Hollywood, California, um, valet Ellen for labor and delivery is inside parking garage one. <laughs> And right there by the security desk. Right. So valet is not outside, and there's no Unless sign you telling think, you it's you inside. You would think valet is You would outside. think it's outside. So I'm yeah. circling. So we have an emergency. I'm like about to just drop this girl at the ER, <laughs> but but I'm told like that's going to take even more time. Yeah, Stacy was like, LNG. "Don't do that." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, I'm like circling and circling and circling, just pissed off. Yeah, he's like because, flipping, I mean, and I'm screaming because I'm like, "Hurry up!" Up, I have we to get haven't out. been to the hospital because but, you've been going to the doctor, but I haven't been allowed. Well, yeah, exactly. You were not allowed, and then I wasn't even allowed to do a tour. They did a virtual tour with me, which was nothing. So we basically went to this hospital that's 30 miles away from us, completely blind. Yeah, pretty much. Like when we first moved out here, we lived right around the corner from us. Well, we never went yeah. to the hospital. No. So true. And the reason, as you guys know, for most that have been listening and everything, the reason we went to Cedars is because doctor, Dr. Barry Brock, who is, you know, a VBAC doctor and, you know, breach uh, doctor, he, you know, is with Cedars only. And I wanted him. So that was why we wound up at Cedars. But his office also was at the Women's Rodeo Center, which is like, you know, a block over. So like, I didn't even go to Cedars either. So I only did a virtual tour. And then I had no idea. And I just gave Justin the instructions. I was like, okay, it's George Burns. And then you're across from this and across from that. And we were like, circling and like, trying to figure out where to go. It was it was literally a shit show in that moment. Like Justin's screaming, Stacy's trying to like help him and calm him down. I'm screaming because I'm moaning in labor and I'm like shaking and I'm like, just, just, just figure it out, figure it out, pull in, sit down, like do something. I was losing my shit. We finally pull in 
and Justin like throws the door open he runs over to the you know grabs his mask like runs over to the desk tells you know I'm in labor she's in labor what do I do blah 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 you know and they so they send a wheelchair down they're like we'll take her like you know like you go park your truck he's like running trying to like get everything together they put me in the wheelchair I'm like totally moaning and screaming at this point they get me upstairs I'm at the window thank god Stacy called and gave them all our info so they just had to show ID they're like oh you're Allison who was called and I'm like oh and like screaming and you know like Justin said oh and making all these noises and they like get me in the wheelchair and rush me down and I'm like and I'm moaning while I'm moaning I'm like do you have a room with a tub because oh, I really wanted that and they looked at me and they were like we are hacked today like hacked and I was like they're like well we will find you a room and I was like oh great so that was the end of that on my birth preferences and so we roll into a room I was by myself for a minute they get me you know all hooked up blood pressure this that the lights are freaking bright as shit Justin then gets into me and finally like you know we're able to get like the lights down and start to like make it more of like what I you know wanted as far as like the environment Justin's like getting my um, birth cards up that Stacy made Stacy had made like a whole doula you know kit for like how to set up the rooms and she couldn't be there because you know doulas are still not allowed and um, so it was just a whole thing so once finally like we got me a little more situated and I was still like laboring and everything they checked me and I was like what almost a six right when they when they checked my when they did my cervix checks they were like five and a half six I think is what I was at and they were like, okay, your butt, your butter's still intact. You're around a five and a half, six centimeter. We're gonna call Dr. Brock and let him know what's going on. Oh, that was my favorite, by the way. Do you remember hearing that when we were in your truck and he called me back and he was like, are you in labor? And I was like, oh, yes, I'm in labor. And he's like, and he's like, are you? And I was like, I was gonna strangle him. I was like, <laughs> like, and, and I know it's because all week he's been like, are you really? like?" Because I had been having so much of these early contractions, even to the point where when I was at my 41-week checkup and we were talking about if I needed to be induced the following week, we were he had me on the monitor doing non-stress tests, NSTs, to make sure the baby was fine. And I was having contractions then, and he's like, okay, yeah, I see that they're contractions, but they're not holding. And I'm like, but they're like full-blown contractions. Like, I'm having to breathe through them. And he's like, yeah, they are. He goes, but they're stalling out, so they're not, not staying. So I guess that's why he said, are you really in labor? And I was like moaning and screaming on the phone with him. And he's like, okay. So when he came, then he was like, all right, so you're in labor. And I was like, yeah, I am. And so um, I got a... Um, Were you though? Yeah. What, was I though? I don't know. I was just making noises, right? Just for fun. I'm serious. I thought you were just trying to haunt us. Yeah. I mean, you know, figure, figured make, make it interesting, right? Um, so, uh, yeah. So we were in the room and I was like trying to, you know use my ball to keep me sane and trying to like labor and I was still pretty loud at that point and I knew that I couldn't get a full-blown epidural because with Amelia I had a full-blown epidural and I did not do well on it it was really like I told you guys it was just didn't feel good I didn't like that I couldn't feel anything so Dr. Brock had said to me and Sarah Levon who was on my podcast um if you guys remember um birth coach and had worked at Cedars she had said as one of her tools in her box with her clients is to do the walking epidural so that was what I had put as on my preferences about well, some people do fine with a full epidural some do but you I don't want to feel your body right you're exactly. a person who wants to feel your body I need to you need to feel your body to know what's going on with your body in order right. to feel like how you have to push right so 
Yeah, I, that I, I can't do. Will really help you. Yeah, I like like whereas like Coley, like who some people know is like my best friend in New York. Like she literally like she can't not. She like she said to me, she's like I can't feel my body, so I need to be like literally numb to shit. Where like I'm just sitting there in bed, you know, just moving like my legs around, even though I can't feel them, and just know that I'm starting to progress and just follow my body as it progresses. Like she has to do the complete opposite. And, like, I can't handle it. I can't just sit in bed and wait to, like, progress. Because that's how I felt with Amelia. And I felt like that was part of the reason, like, it didn't work out for me. Because I couldn't feel anything. And it was, like... And then when they hopped me up on Pitocin with Amelia, I felt like they were... The, the contractions were coming. And I and they were, like, oh, here's another one. And I was, like, I don't feel it. I don't feel it. Remember? Yeah, but you needed the pit. You, you needed you needed pit where you were at that point. In that I pregnancy. did to move her along. But, yeah. I, but, but because the epidural was so high and the Pitocin was so high, I just remember laying there and then being like, there's another one, work through it. And I was like, I don't feel it, I don't feel it. So I knew with this pregnancy, like I had to have- The was coming. Yeah. You could feel it, you right. knew when to push. Yeah, I knew when to push, I knew when one, to move. Like You were so numb and just going by everybody else's audio cues. Right. And as we've established on our walk the other day, you are not an audio learner. Oh yes, go ahead, oh, wait. you have to give this backstory. So Justin and I, when we were taking our, you know, our many walks, I was doing um, cur- curbside walking, mm-hmm. right? And I, he's like, oh, you know, it's kind of hard to explain on a podcast, but he's, I try to give you a picture. So I'm like going up and down off the curb and I'm like stepping down and then going a couple steps and stepping down, going back up and down. And Justin's like, aren't you supposed to just like keep going? Like you just go along the curb with your legs? And I was so like, basically not like take two steps and then step on the curb and then go down and take three steps and step on the curb and then take three steps and then step on the curb. It's just... One step on the sidewalk, one step on the curb, one step on the, <laughs> on the or one step on the street, one step on the curb, right. one step on the street, one step on the curb. So she was, I, I'm pretty sure she was doing it wrong and still slacking behind us. And I'm like, you know, <laughs> you're not. We've been together for uh, eleven years now, and That's there's <laughs> Allie will swear to you that she's a visual learner. I am a visual learner. You no, know, she likes to think you're a visual person, but you're not a visual learner. You. Oh, like you're, okay, so creative wise, visual, yes. You're a visual person, but you're not a visual learner. If I have to teach you something, how to do something, I can't tell you how to do it. You never pick it up. Okay. I can't show you how to do it. You don't pick it up. I have to put it in your hand. When I put it in your hand and you do it, you pick it up. Hands on. Okay, fine. We had this conversation when we were walking. Oh, you, you, it was like it was like thirty minutes. She was justifying on how she was a visual well, learner. Okay, but you just but but you just made a point where you said, "But I am visual and like with creative, like when it comes to that stuff." So I guess maybe that's what I was fighting you on when we were walking was yeah, the fact but, that I'm like, but okay, being able to pick out what what looks good with something else is not learning. But it's not. That's that's a, that's a skill. Okay, fine. So that learning learning is a different is a different way. Like, how did you learn to measure somebody? You know, like, I mean, like, that's that's probably silly because that's a pretty simple task. Well, I was going to say, and uh, yeah, I just probably just watched someone and learned, but yeah, sure. For, well, for the, measuring, the, I mean. For, for, that's, I mean, that's a bad example. Okay. But. Yeah, I know what you're saying. So anyways, this was all happening when we were walking. We were doing the curbside walking, and so what was the point? You were saying, you were telling, you were explaining to me that, well, I said, I, well, I watched the video and I just started doing it. And you were like, well, I don't think you watched it correctly because I think it's just simple and you just go up and down you don't take the steps and go up and down and back and forth and I was like oh okay and so anyways because you're trying to you're trying to spread yourself out and going up on the curb and back on the street and up on the curb and back right. on the street right kind of spread yourself out where your legs aren't together they're kind of wide you're kind of waddling and yeah 
moving stuff around. Right. The baby moving to different positions. Yeah. Right. So anyway, so so fast forward back to the hospital when I was, you know, getting on the a walking at the drill, like Justin was saying, like I need to feel everything and I need to be like able to know what's going on and have that hands on experience. So for me, when we were there, what happened was was the anesthesiologist wasn't going to let me have the walking of a drill and I was about to lose my shit. And um, apparently because of COVID nineteen and whatever Every day, it's and seizures. I don't understand that. Like maybe because people with walking epidurals on any given day walk up and down the hallways. No, they weren't allowing that. They were only allowing it in the rooms. Because Doctor Brock told me that he goes, if I get you a walking epidural, you're not allowed to leave your room. Right, but if you're not COVID nineteen, you get a walking epidural on, on any other year other than you know, this forsaken twenty twenty. Yeah, <laughs> say that again. You know, <laughs> people do walk up and down the halls with a walking epidural. And right. This this doctor had to know that you weren't leaving the room, and you know he was. Brock gave permission. He was like, "No, she can have a walking epidural." Yeah, well, and he basically fought for me and told the anesthesiologist, like I told her if she needed it, she would have it. So he got it for me. Mm-hmm. But 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 the nurses said. But we also didn't. You didn't leave the room either. No. Like I didn't, were, and I didn't plan to. No. Yeah. The anesthesiologist apparently with COVID nineteen, they also just said it's about like sharing like walking epidurals they'd rather like keep it out of like the fact that different people are holding i guess like even though they're still sanitizing and whatever no no no. those those things you walk with yeah they're in every room yeah they have to be in every room that's how they keep the bags high so that they actually go into your bloodstream i know but the walking aren't normally in your room it's normally just stuck so you're stuck like you're you're in the bed and it's just hooked up that's a that's a full epidural no, the full epidural, even the full epidural, stuck on top of the walking thing. It's it just, uh, yeah, because they have to have that that thing that rolls around. Mm-hmm. They have to have that because it it holds the bags high. It's water pressure. Well, That's I know a, that, but I'm talking about the actual like thing that that you hold to like the thing that you push around to walk around the room. Yeah, but if you were to have, even if you were to have an epidural on the bed, yeah. You can still walk, can't you? No, that's what I'm saying. You can't. So you just piss yourself in the bed? Yes. That's why you get a catheter. Yeah, but they don't have... It's not like they have, like... If they put something in your bloodstream... Right. They don't have other kinds of stands to, like, just be stationary. They put something in your bloodstream, it's going on one of those stands with the wheels. That's fine, but but they don't normally... But it's not normally an epidural situation. It's, like, the blood stuff and the other things. Like, the walking epidural is, like, something special you have to... Request. It, it's but that's that's anesthesia. That's not the walking. Oh. That's not the walking piece of equipment. Oh, okay, okay. On the wheels. Okay. Anyways, they had told us because of COVID, I wasn't going to have it. I was in freakout mode because then I was like, okay, well then I said to the nurses, well, I guess I'm staying natural, like completely, because I can't. And so Dr. Brock called in and said, get her, you know, walking epidural. So they came. Anesthesiologist did it for me. What I liked about the walking epidural is that, like, basically you kind of control it. And they give you just a little bit, and then they give you the ability to move up four times, and then it taps out, and then they have to add more. I only tapped it once, so I didn't keep going up. I only wanted a little bit, just like you said, just enough to give, like, take the edge off and be able to, like, labor and feel my body, but not feel like, oh my god, like, this is too much, or this is, you know, whatever. So I felt, like, so much better. Like you said, as soon as I got in my zone and was, like, on my ball and like squatting and doing all the things you were like oh this is working like you're in a better spot now you're not like screaming but you're still like doing your moaning and this and that but you're not like nuts 
Remember? Well, well, when we did that first thing, you went natural. Yeah, those it, first 30 it hours. Was, it was just, you needed a, a team of like, you needed a football team to rub you down the way you needed well, to rub Well, yeah, down. I had my doula, my midwife, I had you. I mean, you had your doula, you had a replacement doula and yeah. me. Oh, that's right. I did have a replacement doula. It, it, well, because well, she had to go, Alexis had to go home. Well, and, like, right, because after the first eight hours, it's like, yeah, I need a break. You right. know, I need to recover. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Oh, and I, I mean, you know, I, I mean, as hard as it was, I think I handled it decently well for some people who can't do that shit at all. But again, it's well, like... you handled it well on the fact that you lasted, that you, that you went through it. I mean, right. that, that, I think that was, that was a little unnecessary for you to have to go through all that. Well, it was, but we also didn't know, like, you know, back then with Amelia, that she never dropped, that she was high, she never ascended. So it was like, I was fucked each way because I wasn't... Like, she never dropped. Whereas, like, Arlie dropped at 28 weeks. So, like, hence, you know, the whole preterm labor scare. Well, you also got fed up with being pregnant, and you basically, we I mean, you took the castor oil. No, with Amelia, yeah. I'm talking yeah. about, but, but regardless, Amelia didn't drop. Like, she never, like, my body never went through it. And, yeah, I did take castor oil. But normally, when you take castor oil, at least from what I've heard other moms who have taken it, the baby drops because you, like, essentially forced the, like, natural induction for the labor of just Amelia just never ascended. Well, it's, it's Remember how high I was in that pregnancy? Yeah, but it's naturally inducing. Yes, it is. Like Correct. you want you wanted to induce. Like right. I think that you, the, the, we could have we could have had better results if we probably didn't do the castor oil. I, I don't Maybe. recommend ever doing that. Yeah, no, I don't either. Maybe, but like, but Amelia didn't ascend either way. So even mm -hmm. if we didn't do castor oil, she may have just never dropped in the birth canal. Like she just may have never did that, which is why obviously. Once we got pregnant again, like I did so much research and everything on, you know, going to chiropractor every week with Dr. Annie to get my body like in a better place to be able to like be more open and have the baby drop and all these things. And, you know, Dr. Brock confirmed that when I was seeing him, he was like, well, your body's doing what it's supposed to be doing. She's moving down, like all the things that were supposed to happen that Amelia just never did. But like, of course, in my head, I assumed that, you know, Amelia would just do it because that's what babies do, right? But nobody really tells you like, Hey, you know, especially with a, as a first time pregnant mom, like mom to be, your body really doesn't know what it's doing. Like, it's not like the movies where your body just like goes into labor and then you just like your water bursts everywhere and hey, here's the baby. Like, it doesn't work that way. Everyone's body's different, but there's so many people. Oh, no, that, like, yeah. When you were pushing. Yeah. And you were like screaming mm -hmm. and we had to tell you, no, 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 no. <laughs> honey, that's what they do in movies. Oh, that was this birth. Yeah. <laughs> that was yeah. this birth. Yes, so yeah. So she's pushing and she's trying her hardest and she's screaming real loud. And the doctor says to her, and this is why you're not an audio learner. <laughs> the doctor says to her, don't scream. Tuck your chin. Hold your breath. Try not like to flex crunch. your face yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and do a crunch. And there were probably a couple other instructions in there. But she does all that, but she keeps on screaming. I, and I have to say, I had to stop and I had to say and explain it to her in a way that she would understand it. <laughs> you did. You did. Allie, screaming is what they do in movies. <laughs> For, for audio effect. <laughs> You're not screaming. It's not going to work this way. You need to you need to just tuck your chin. Right. I know, yeah. Dr. Rocco was like, the quieter and you can be and the hold your breath. All that like, energy you're using to scream, right. put that into your vagina. Right. As he kept saying, he's like, bottom down, bottom down. Yeah. No, that was something different. That was you different? Kept, you kept arching your back and trying to like, you kept arching your, so, she, so she's got her two legs in the stirrup. 
he just holds on for dear life to these to these bars on the side oh, of the Oh yeah, the handlebars, yeah. Those and, were a godsend. And she keeps she keeps sticking her butt up like she's trying to shoot the baby up and out like a cannon. <laughs> <laughs> so the doctor's Thought like, I keep it interesting. The doctor's like, butt down, butt down, butt down. <laughs> Every like two minutes, but she keeps sticking her butt up like the baby's gonna come out and like shoot on an arc. I mean, hey, what did I know? I mean, hello, I didn't really get to push with Amelia, so I really like he said to me, he's like, You're pushing like a first time mom, but I labored like a second time mom, which is why my contractions went so fast and mm. then like everything moved. Like, so when we got again, when we got to the hospital, I was at like a five and a half, six, then I got on the walking epidural, got in my zone, started really like laboring her down, really like squatting using the ball stacy was coaching the whole time justin's doing hip squeezes on me we're like moving me around and you know i've got stacy on facetime the whole time we got everything low we have all my little faux candles that are super dark like the whole thing and you know i'm doing what i you know what i can and they came in and checked me again at like what it was like 10 or something and i was then at an eight and a half and then like noon so that's when so that's when the nurse steps in mm-hmm and and starts to help you push this is when you're pushing and she's evaluating she's looking at you she's saying no but i thought before that because before i started pushing it was just when i was laboring her down right so when they checked me because they checked me like twice i think where it was like i went from six when i first checked in to like an eight and a half they were like okay you're progressing well remember because you were like oh wow that was quick and Mm -hmm. then like by noon i was at like not like a nine and a half almost ten and then it was, and that's, and then that's when they were like, okay, you've completed. Like, and that's when Dr. Brock came back in and was like, it's going to be time to push soon. And it was like, what? Like it was so fast. But then the pushing was like three and a half hours. Oh yeah. Well you have to, you have to push. And every time you push, she's evaluating like, is right. this baby coming down? What right. does this look like? What's like? happening? Yeah. Well, that was and, when the nurse jumped probably, in. And she's probably like, we don't know this proper. She's probably going to Dr. Brock. Right. Every time she leaves the office and calling him and just kind of saying, I think this baby can come can come vaginally or I think right. we're gonna have to do a C section so we know right. what you're stepping into. Yeah, of course. But it wasn't if you notice when you were pushing with with uh with our nurse. Yeah. Uh, Erica uh, and um Dara. Right? Dara. Dara, excuse me. Dara. Right. Dara Erica and Dara. They yeah. were they were amazing. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, they were. Um but if you notice with Dara, you were never pushing with your hands on the bars, right the stirrups. Yeah. She was... Oh, yeah. She had me squatting. She had me on all fours. Right. She was she evaluating. She was trying to, yeah. you know, when do I need to get the doctor in here? Right. You know, so we were just... She was trying to see how far down she get the baby, if we can get to, like, plus one or plus two. Right. No, you were at plus one. I was right? at plus one. Can, can we yeah. get to plus two, maybe? Right. Um, but eventually, I mean... Yeah. I mean, we kept going. And then, speaking of the nurses, the nurses at Cedars are amazing. And I have to say, like, you know, what I love about Cedars, and Dr. Brock told me about this, too, was, like... You know, he's like, don't be afraid if you don't like something to say something because they're all about, you know, the patients there, making sure you're comfortable and like you have what you need. So I did, I won't mention her name, but I did um, say, you know, to the charge nurse, I was like, you know, um, I'm not loving the nurse we had before. She was super nice and she was like, you know, great at her job, but she just wasn't hands on. And again, me being a handsome person and like needing that support. Well, I think that she she was. It seemed to me like she was very experienced and so experienced that she kind of knew 
what she did and didn't want to do. Yeah, and but I don't care. Kinda, it's like you kind you wanted the comfort. Yeah, I wanted yeah. the comfort, and I wanted someone who, you know, if I'm having a hard time, like jump on my hips and give me a hip squeeze. Don't just stand there and go, yeah. okay, you're doing a great job. Just breathe, you know. <laughs> like I was, I was doing something to set her up, and yeah. I started going through a contraction. And I, I wasn't next to her, but the nurse was next to her. Right. And Allie reaches out for her hand, and she goes, oh, no, 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 Daddy, come here. You need to come here. Yeah, and it was I've like, had my dude. hand. But she said something like, I've had my hand crushed three times. Oh, yeah, something like that. And I'm like, like that. Yeah. all right, like, I, I get that. Right. I get that. But you're also like, that's your like, kind of part of your job. Yeah. So it was like, and she just kept doing that. Like, I remember I said to you, I was, like, getting frustrated because I felt like she was loud it was, about it was the instruction. Very, it was very L.A., yeah, very. It you was. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it was well, very kept, L.A. Like, I mean, whatever. Yes, I did, like, have cute jewelry on. But she kept, like, remember? She was like, I well, she love... Was, but she was very nice and concerned about you and everything. But she no, just, she was. She just didn't want to get hands-on like that. At all. Whereas, like, even Beverly, yeah. when we first checked in, like, early in the morning, who goes coming off the night shift, like, as soon as I started screaming, oh, she jumped Beverly, on and was Beverly squeezing was... me and pulling me and, like, helping me. I, I think Beverly was probably even better than... Oh, than, yeah. Than, she was crazy hands-on. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, okay, okay, breathe. Let me move you over. It's okay. Like, let's get the lights lower. I'd have gone to sleep if Beverly stayed. Yo, yeah. Justin Justin took a nap, by the way, and he was, you know, living his best life. I'm like, I can't even. And I hear him snoring. Well, you had to walk an epidural. But it wasn't still, that bad. Oh, shut up. You have no idea. Like I said, I'm going to get the one of those simulator things and see how far you get how many centimeters on your body you can handle. Men have no clue. They're like, oh, you got that. It must be better. Oh, yeah, so much better. It took the edge off. I could still feel them heavily, and I could still, like, know what was going on and have to still work through them. It wasn't like I was just, like, straight chilling, like, la, 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 everything's great. I was still breathing through them. You took quite a few videos of me being like, ooh, ooh. Like, I mean, I was still working through them. So... <laughs> But yeah, you did. You took a mini nap. Um, but, uh, you know, anyways, it was a whole thing with the nurses. They helped me get to when we were, you know, at the end there, really like pushing right. Also, they were really good about letting me switch different positions. Like, you know, I said I didn't want to just stay on my back. I didn't feel comfortable, at least when we were just doing the pushing and trying to move her down more. And they were really good. And they're like, let's get on, you know, all fours and push. Let's do squats. Let's hear this squatting bar. Let's put this bar here. Use the bar. Like, Pretend like you're taking massive, you know, squats. Like, let's do the side and move your... <laughs> <laughs> like how you, how you censor yourself there. Pretend like you're taking a massive dump. I know, exactly. Pretty much. Massive squat, massive dump. Like, all in one, you know? It was like all these things. <laughs> pretty like, much. She goes, I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there in the chair with my legs up. I'm kind of on my phone because she's, she's not in a position where I can get in there and help right now. So he's just straight and chilling. So he's like, oh, so, okay, so I'll just hang out. The nurse puts the bar like in the bed. The bed has these circles where the bar goes in. And she's like, okay, Allie, I want you to grab this bar and I want you to squat down. And again, Allie's not an audio learner. So, so she's not really getting it right away. Yeah, yeah I, did, I didn't she's get it right really away. She's not getting it right away. So she's got like her legs kind of together. And she's like, just kind of like on the bar. She's kind of like hanging on it. And well, I was still pushing so, down. So the nurse basically wasn't just like chilling. The nurse turns around and goes, "Okay, Allie, I, I need you to act like you're taking a massive dump." That's right. Yes. And and Allie's legs still don't move at all. So eventually, I had to get out of my chair. Oh, and so then sorry she to took move one you. Leg and I took the other leg, and we spread them apart so she can kind of get the idea of what. 
this is supposed to be, and then and then you you work the dog, you you work the baby down a little bit further. Though. Yeah, but but I didn't like that position. I remember I was like I liked the being on all fours, um, to because I felt like I could feel like everything, and then the side position. Remember, she kept moving me on from left to right and having me like have like my leg up on one side, and then every time I'd feel a contraction, push through it and like push on the side with my leg. I don't can't I can't remember exactly. How she had me doing it, but it was like one leg was down, right, and the other leg was up in the air. You were on the side. You were on your right. side, and I was like kind of crunching on the side or whatever. Yeah, well, she held your high leg up because right. that to do right. that, that's because your grad because gravity is wanting to take that leg down at that point. Yeah, it's not like you'd be on your back and like spread your knees. Or, yeah, or, and the contractions were really strong at that point, yeah. even with the walking material. So but it was I mean, like even if you remember though, we were pushing, mm-hmm. and even when you were pushing. Uh, she, at, at some point, I think she evaluated and said, all right, it's going to be a little bit before the baby actually comes out. Yeah. So we're just pushing, we're trying to move the baby down because she was like, okay, we're going to put the peanut ball here. That's right. So you put That's the right. peanut ball yeah. between your legs. We brought the peanut ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were pushing with that too because she was like, baby's not coming right now. Right. Yeah, we're so just, she had trying to labor have down. that, right. Yeah. yeah, move her more and everything. Oh, and so then during all this, and I'm trying to remember time-wise, um, I had spiked a fever. So shit had changed. Things were getting a little more intense. Well, so you were at eight centimeters and your water still hadn't broken. That's right. My water hadn't broken. So I had a bulging they, bag. So they, they so broke they it. broke your water. Yeah, I remember that. Dr. Brock got the hook and they broke it. But they also say the bulging bag is why you got so dilated so quickly. Right. So, so... So it like served its purpose, I guess, earlier on. The bulging bag was able to push your cervix out and, and get you dilated quicker. So it served its purpose. You were at eight centimeters. Right. They broke it, right? But then at that point, if anybody hasn't actually seen a woman go through labor, that doctor goes in there and they just, oh yeah, they just take their fingers and they're just pushing down, yep. pushing left, pushing right. Oh yeah, right, I told you, especially like, moving Brock. around. You're like, I'm like looking at them do this stuff mm-hmm. and like, but I, they did this at at Lasorolis with Amelia too. Yeah. But I'm looking at them do this stuff and I'm like, you know what this reminds me of? <laughs> this reminds me of that Impractical Jokers episode. Oh god. Where they make Sal give birth to the cow. Oh like, god. And just stick your whole arm in there. You like. <laughs> they just get <laughs> like, up all in there. Like, no, they just, do. Just do. Just. Well, I remember he first took that hook and he was like, "I'm going up," and he's like, "He's like, oh, I'm gonna break your water," and I was like, "Okay." And of course, you know, on my. Well, know, it wasn't a hook. It looked like a turkey baster. No, no, that is the second part of it. The first part, it looks like a tiny little like hook, like actual hook. They oh. put that first. That's what gets like the like hole to like start it, and then they take that thing that kind of was like whatever it is that turkey baster, and they shove it up, and then it like basically bursts essentially. But of course, you know, on my birth so, birth preferences, you know, on my chart that I had, that Justin was very good about making sure he handed over when they asked him, you know, what's what and everything. Well, Ali I handed me basically a novel of a book. That was the one page I used. I know you, <laughs> that well, was the one page. Well, I mean, poor Stacy, you know, who I know will hear this, our amazing doula. She wanted to make sure we were like set up like majorly because well, she. Well, I asked her for for handwritten right. notes, or not handwritten, but but for, like, like something I could print out. So yeah. That I had something to refer back to. Right. You know, so we had basically a book. I saw I knew what they were talking about. <laughs> right. So I had, it had to be like 45 pages. Oh, easily. I saw it. Today's the, folder. I was like, oh, one, damn. The only page I used was that one page that had Ali's birth preferences. Right. So, and all my birth preferences, of course, you know, because you never know what it's going to be. I had put, I wanted my water to naturally break. So in my mind, at first, when Dr. Brock says, I'm going to break your water, I looked at him and he looked at me and he goes, you need to have your water broken. And so I was like, all right, fine, break my water. So he breaks the bag, 
and then what well, I progressed pretty fast again then after that once the yeah. water broke I got to like a nine and a half pretty fast after well, but you were at you were at you labored for you labored well at home you pushed for what three hours three and a half hours yeah three and a half hours mm -hmm. he broke your water for an hour and a half you labored with your water broken broke my water you mean well, he like broke, broke your water at an hour and a half oh at an hour you and a half you labored okay. with okay. your water broken for two hours got it okay and that's when i was getting really intense you've had you've had two sets of nurses fingers in you with yes. gloves but yes still, still mm -hmm. inside you yep. and i had quite a few checks the doctor's fingers inside you yep so yeah there started to become a small infection so you spiked the fever right baby's heartbeat went up yes there was some stuff going on yeah and what what time do you think that was in the timeline that was closer uh, to the I end think right you were you were close to the end yeah i think that but i don't think it affected anything because i think that at that point they were either going to extract the baby right one way or another well for sure but i thought that dr brooks said after they saw i spiked it because if you remember after that, they then, gave you an antibiotic. Right, they gave me an antibiotic in my drip, yeah. and they said when he came back in, he said to his nurses like, because he's uh, Doctor was very old school. And he has he really doesn't panic, which I like about him. He keeps it pretty cool and collective, at least in front of you. So he said to them, you know, I'm not really concerned about that, but I don't want it to get too high. So like, here's what's gonna go on. You're gonna get her to push some more. And then he turned to me and he goes, I'm not having you push all day now with this whole thing with the fever. So we're either pushing and moving this along or, you know, he goes, he goes, and I'm going to try to help vacuum and get her out or, you know, I'm sorry, but we're, you know, going to talk about a C-section. And so of course, you know, my, in my head, you know, as I'm going for a VBAC, my mind was like, oh my God, no, 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 no. I didn't come this far for that. So, you know, I immediately kind of get into this kind of like, fight or flight mode and like fear and this and that and um at that point we were still pushing he kind of gave me a clock even though he had told me from the beginning he really wasn't gonna put me on a clock but i think that changed because of my fever and everything that had happened because in the beginning if you remember when i was first laboring he was like no clock you do what you're gonna do they call it tolac which is basically trial of labor after a c-section to make sure that like you actually are laboring and progressing and it's working and then, you know, some doctors are not as cool as Brock and they'll give you only like an hour on Tolac. Dr. Brock was pretty much like, I'm going to let you just do your thing and Tolac, you know, whoop till whenever and then we'll see what happens. Then if you remember, he came back in after all the fever stuff was going on and he was like, you're going to have only a little bit more time and then we're going to try this. And if that doesn't work, then this is what we're going to. So that was when he had told us that the vacuum. No, he, was, he was very straightforward. He yeah. said... We're going to do this. If you can't push it on, I'm going to try the vacuum. If I right. can't get the vacuum, right. then we're going to have to go into a C-section. Right. That's what I'm saying. But I'm uh, saying he before wasn't, he that. Wasn't, we're going to have to talk about it. He was like, he told you we're right. going to have to go into it. No, I remember. But but before that, I'm saying he was like very much like just you can tolac all day. Basically, for all he cared. He was like, hurry up and wait until things changed with my infection that they, the that they think I had the amniotic fluid and the baby's heartbeat spiking. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So then now we're... At times, so what I've been pushing now for like three hours, coming up on three and a half. He comes in and he's like, "Okay, now it's time to like push for real." Well, he came in because if you noticed, uh, I think Dara left for like five minutes and said, "Yeah, all right, if we're gonna do this, it's gonna happen now." Right. And so. And they had. Oh, and at that point, they had also then um, put a catheter in me to try to drain me mm -hmm. because they felt like I hadn't, you know, hadn't been able to pee. So. 
it was maybe also causing an issue. Yeah, they thought the blue, the a full bladder. Right. If you hadn't peed since four a.m. Right. From a home. A full yeah. bladder right. would be blocking uh, the baby from coming down. Right. Couldn't be causing issues with her getting so, all the way down. So they right. wanted. So they wanted to make sure the bladder was drained. Which they once, tried to do earlier, right? Yeah, but you were shaking too much with your labor, right. and it was one nurse, and, they and, and do it. it was one nurse holding one leg, trying mm-hmm. to put a catheter in you up while I held the other leg. Mm-hmm. Finally, she was able to get another nurse to come down. Oh, that's when Erica and was then, there. So, that's right. And that's yep. once they had two nurses in there, they were able to do that. Right, and I had stopped shaking because mm-hmm. I was no longer like in that type of transition. Yeah, because I was shaking hard for a while, mm-hmm. which is normal. Like for people that don't know, like. When you go into transition, it's called like your body really shakes all the hormones and it means baby is coming and everything, but it's you literally can't control it. Like they kept saying, like, try to control it, try to control it. And I, I could not help my shaking only when I wasn't contracting, which wasn't much because my contractions were getting so close together at that point. Mm-hmm. So then when they finally got the catheter in me, like you said, then they were able to at least get some drained, which I think um, Dara was right about because that baby girl did drop more after that. Mm-hmm. And then what? Then Dr. Bart came in and he was like, okay, now now we're going to do this, right? And he prepped me and he said, we're gonna, and he explained the vacuum. And how would you explain that, by the way? Because he like, I mean, I, I, I remember, but I kind of was in such a, like a fog of like, holy shit, like moment of like, this is what it's coming down to now, or I'm going to wind up back well, in the C-section. Basically, you, you come down, you either push the baby out of the doctor, you can get a grip on it. Right. Or they go to the vacuum, and then if they can't do the vacuum, then it goes to C-section. Right. So, basically, you had the baby down to where we could see the head. That's what you said. We could see, like like I said before, the fingers are in there, and they're pushing down, they're pushing left, they're pushing right. They're separating you. It's like Sal trying to take the freaking legs out of the cow. I can't. You know, (laughs) so, except except with babies, it's actually the neck. Right, great. It's like, yeah, you know, like, uh, I was, uh, I, I see this doctor taking, taking my kid out by the jaw, and I'm like, oh. You're like, oh my God, what I'm is like, happening? And, and the kid doesn't, isn't breathing, like, it's, it's out, well, that, it's but not that breathing was, yet. But, but that was, I didn't realize he's got to smack her on the back before she gets her lungs out. Oh yeah, that, that's so just, like, oh, that's normal. That's even without, without a vacuum. I'm like, why is she yelling yet? Why is she yelling yet? <laughs> but uh, either way, so you had her down to where we could see the head. Which I told you then to go yeah. down and take a picture. Mm-hmm. Remember? And you're like, oh, I don't know. And I was like, no. I didn't know. You, you were bleeding. I know. You well, were yeah. bleeding. Yeah, yeah. Like, there was a bloody mess down there. Yeah, you said the, uh, yeah, had, you said the floor he, was pretty bad. He was shoving he was shoving gauze pads in your vagina. Oh, I'm sure. And they were going from white to red. Yeah, quick. Like, yeah. real quick. Yeah. When you said there was a lot of blood, too, like, on the floor and everything. I saw that when we were, actually, when things were over, obviously. But yeah. um, but I told you, I was like, take a picture. And you're like, are you sure? And I was like, yes, I need to, like, see that I'm making progress and, like, see she's here since you're saying it's there. And that really helped me. Like, once, once you showed me that photo, it was like, okay, I just got to get her out. Like, she's there. I just got to do it. Mm-hmm. And then when, um, after that... Then that was when, oh, well, then he said to me, we're putting a full epidural on you. I know you don't want it, but you have to trust me. You need it with the vacuum and you're going to need it after this all goes down because I'm going to have to do whatever stitching up and everything I have to do with you. You're going to need to be numb, 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 numb. So remember, I, so then remember they did the full, they switched from the walking epidural to the full epidural, like put me up to like God yeah, knows you what. Had, you had at that point, you had the kid, you had her within a few centimeters. Mm-hmm. Of out. Okay. 
Okay. You had her within a few centimeters of Al. Right. Her but I was I was at a ten. Of, the top of I her, was at the yes. Yeah. The top of her head. Right. Was probably a centimeter to two centimeters from actually being out. Okay. Now. That was now, complete. Now that's my judgment of it. I mean, the natural sure. doctor's judgment of it. He could say it's no, it was actually four centimeters. Right. Out. Like, I don't. I don't really know it. I'm. This of is course. not. What you me, saw. This is not me. I'm thinking it's probably just a couple centimeters inside. Yeah. This is not a doctor's opinion. It's not Dr. Brock. Yeah, no. You know, using a vacuum when he shouldn't be using a vacuum because the head's too far out. But right. For anybody that wants to make a yeah. dumb fucking comment. <laughs> but um, so the vacuum itself. Right. The vacuum itself, now that I actually saw it being used, mm -hmm. it's not like this big suction thing that wants to just like rip your baby out of the vagina and then it, it just comes out. It's not like a vacuum at it's, home. It's like, it's like. <laughs> eventually you have to push the baby out to the point where the doctor can get a grip on it right and you and and use their grip because i i saw once he got the head out with the vacuum yeah it was like he literally took his hands mm -hmm. underneath the jaw yeah and like took grabbed the, her. like yeah took the head like it wasn't like gentle like yeah. it was like oh rough. yeah no yeah like it was like could you yeah, imagine I mean... somebody lifting you by the jaw <laughs> like out of like right. this tight space right like it was it was rough so it, here's how i would explain the vacuum the doctor can't get a grip needs mm -hmm. enough this vacuum creates enough suction for them to get a grip help pull the baby out right a little bit until they can actually get their hands on them right and then have her. me help push and then, right her forward and then and then it's well you're pushing the whole time well, like, i was yes. if you're not pushing and he right. has because the vacuum is not the vacuum is not creating force out. Right. I'm literally, it's literally just, it's almost like a plunger. Okay. It, yeah, I mean, I didn't really get it and I couldn't really see it. So I just was doing whatever he was telling me to do. I was just bearing down, like he kept saying and pushing. You, like you said, the handlebars um, it's almost were like, there. It's almost, like, it's almost like put a plunger on your belly. <laughs> that's what it, it, you're creating. You just have a suction on something right. so that you can move it along. You're trying to just move it up the birth canal just a little bit more. Right, down. So you can finally down the birth, down the birth canal yeah. a little bit more so right. you get a grip on it and yeah. get it out. Right. And so, and then and then he gets kept telling me to keep pulling back as hard as I could on those two handlebars that were in the bed. And he kept saying, bottom down, bottom down, bottom down, and push down, push down, push down. And that's all I remember. And then I remember that I had my um, my airbud, rest in peace uh, to my airbud. We lost it in, the, in, in delivery. But I had it in my ear, and I was listening to um, fear meditation releases. Because at that point, I was in, like, such a, like I said, fight or flight mode of, like, oh, my God, if this doesn't work, I'm going to a C-section. Like, I can't believe this shit. I can't believe I'm going to wind back up at this. And so it was, like, for me, I had to, like, keep like listening and then pulling like pulling as much as I could of the handlebars back and pushing my butt down and listening in my ear and just keep my eyes shut and like trying to like navigate the way my mind was feeling and not like what I was hearing because it was really scaring me and then within like I don't know a few all of a sudden a few seconds like he like he said something like oh like like grabbing the shoulders I forget exactly how he said it but he was like letting us know and then you said you're like she's she's there like it was like all of a sudden, she was, like, right there, and then I just kept pushing and pushing, and then she was out. No, I said something along the lines of, uh, along the lines of, I want to let you know, we're, there's no chance for a C-section at this point, but you need to just keep on pushing. Is that what you said? I can't, honestly, it, it, I was, was in some, such a blackout. It was something along the lines of, like, there she's out, she's out, you just need to push a little more. Right. Something like that. Yeah, and, I remember and, it was, like, something encouraging. Yeah. 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 And then, and then, yeah, and then I couldn't believe it. Honestly, I was, it was surreal. 
uh, when I actually pushed her out. Um, because in my mind, I was like, holy shit, this isn't going to happen. Like, I'm going to end up, in, you know, back in a C-section. Um, and then she was out. And I was like the most insane, but like healing feeling ever. Like in that moment, like I just remember like them immediately taking her and putting her, you know, on my chest. And I was just literally like looking up like at the ceiling, like, holy shit, like this just happened. Like, like we just, we just did it. Like, holy shit. I just remember looking at you and being like, we did it. Like, oh my God, she's here. Like, and then <laughs> I remember Dr. Brock being like, they had thought her weight was around like eight pounds, like Amelia. And so he didn't think much of like having too much trouble with my V-back. And Arlie Joe decided to be nine pounds and three ounces and like 22 plus inches long. So uh, she was super long and way bigger than what we thought. And so the fact that I was able to actually freaking birth her uh, after, you know, having a C-section with Amelia being smaller was kind of uh, insanely empowering. But it was, those last minutes were like so intense. Like, I, th I think if it really comes down to what was the most successful thing about having the V-back, mm -hmm. was letting your body naturally going into labor. For sure. Not scheduling yep. an induction. Yep. Not self-inducing. Yep. Just letting right. labor happen right. so your body could do what it needed to do to go into labor right and then and, and, and allow it to just like he said i labored so quick because of what i had been through the first time with amelia so my body knew what it was doing mm -hmm. it was just a matter of me learning how to push which was definitely hard for me like i i knew it'd be hard to push but i had no idea how hard it was going to be i didn't expect to push for That's three three <laughs> I didn't expect to push for three and a half hours. Did you expect for me to push for three and a half hours? Yeah, I think really? I did. I didn't think this was going to be a quick one, two, three and out. Even though I, the, the I, progression think, of contractions I, I was so think, fast? I didn't think it was going to be 40 hours like last time. Right, no, don't need to do that. I thought it was going to be, <clears throat> I thought we were going to be in there six to ten hours. Okay. Not that you'd be pushing six to ten hours, but right. laboring for... Because you were like, once I started like progressing fast and went from like six to eight, you were like, oh, wow, really? She's already eight and a half? Like, I remember you saying that. And they're like, oh, it's nine and a half. Like, you were like, oh, this is happening quick. Like, I remember you being pretty surprised. Well, because last time without without an epidural or anything right. like that, you know, with Amelia. Well, I was laboring her like down. four hours to go to a centimeter. Yeah, yeah. Or it not was... to go to a centimeter, but to go yeah. from like. To, to keep progressing. Three to four centimeters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it just. Took a long took time. Took a long time. Yeah, it did. And then you were at seven centimeters, and you weren't going any further, and that's when right. they had to take you to the hospital. Right, to get interventions. To get you a pit. And I'm going to be honest with you right now. Yeah. I mean, not to get too graphic, but a, a woman's vagina when they're getting birth is, like, big and swollen. Yeah. Like, imagine, sure. imagine like, but it needs to be that way. Of course, and you, and you it has to see, stretch. You can see it on the outside. Yeah, oh, like, totally. You can, you can see it when you look at it. Like, it, it just I've looks... tried to not look down there because it's, it's quite not cute. Yeah. Right now in the healing process. <laughs> but it gets it gets very big and swollen and, and it's not a pretty thing. Yeah. And it's like um it literally, it's very animalistic and it's very gross and it's very wet and gooey, but you just kinda like <laughs> need to let it happen. Right. Oh for you know, sure. You need yeah. to you need to let it happen and that I didn't I don't remember seeing your vagina Do that with like Amelia. that with Amelia. It was, I mean, there was it a was, lot of blood was, and, and like all that. It was like you were trying to push her out of what, you know, we have on a, on a nightly basis. Right. You know, mm -hmm. with this, with, with Arlie, it was like. Things were happening. This, this, this looked animalistic. Right. This looked big and heavy and this was going to oh, yeah. happen. Oh, yeah. Right. 
Well, no, and I, I mean, I felt that. I mean, and I felt secure about my VBAC, especially because I had hired Dr. Brock, who, you know, is known for being the king of VBACs in LA. But when it became like a whole, you know, like thing where it was like my, you know, fever had happened and there was so much changing by the minute and it was like, oh, and, and her, you know, the, the, um, my urine needed to be drained because I hadn't peed and all these things. That's when all of a sudden I was like, oh God, like things are changing so quickly. You know, things are not what I thought they were going to be. Like, is this going to really fuck things up? And now all of a sudden I'm going to wind up in this C-section. And then I think also hearing from Dr. Brock, like, okay, listen, here's the deal. I'm going to do the vacuum, but if the vacuum doesn't work, like, sorry, but like, it's got to be a C-section. And I think that hearing that, even though I knew that could always be a possibility because I had had a C-section, I think that was like a holy shit moment for me, which is why I went into such like a fear feeling. And then that's why I was said to you, like, I need my AirPod to like listen to meditation and this and that, because like that for me, like, I think that was what was scary. But I have to say, to give you credit, when we were walking, going back to all our walks, that night where we were, you know, talking about me and being a non-visual learner and being hands-on, blah, blah, blah. When we were walking around, I was telling Justin how I was trying to figure out, like, maybe why I hadn't gotten into labor. One of our really good friends, um, Kevin Sexton, who's also been on the podcast, who's like a medium and energy healer and everything, who's a very dear friend of mine, he had been coaching me and guiding me through a lot of this in the pregnancy. And he was telling me, like, a lot of stuff was, you know, for me for healing and, like, me needing to let go of certain things and all these different things. And I was telling Justin, I was like, you know, Kevin said this to me and he's telling me, you know, some of this part of me not going to labor is me in my head and this and that and I don't know why and blah, blah, blah. And Justin said to me, he's like, you know, well, like, what, what do you think it is? Like, what's the worst thing that what would happen? Like, if, you know, when we, when you do, you know, go into labor, like, what, what would it well, be? Well, how did, how did we start with that? You were talking about golf, I was right? talking about golf. Yeah. You were like, you were trying to get, so Kevin was, Kevin was like, you know, you need to get out of your head and just let this happen. Right. And I was telling her, you know, with with golf, because I used to play competitively at, mm-hmm. a, at an amateur level, a high amateur level, but an yeah, amateur I level. mean, and you know, it was kind of like, you know, you don't always make every cut. It's a very difficult thing, and it's a big head game when you're out there on a golf course. Mm-hmm. So I used to tell myself, you know, what's the worst thing that happens right now? What's the worst thing that happens right now? Mind you, I'm in my early twenties. Right. You know, <clears throat> in your prime. I, I make a. I make a year or two and I, I come in and I don't make the cut, I still go home. I right. have a couple of drinks, play some Call of Duty with my friends and you know, life's life's still pretty damn good. <laughs> you know, what's the worst thing that's gonna happen right now? Right. You don't make the cut, it's always next year. Yeah. There's always the next tournament. It, it, it's it's never the end. Right. Well you, you know? were even saying like because you do do some tournaments still and now yeah. and you were like I have those moments, and there's I'm like, what's the worst thing? I'm going to go home. I have my wife. I have my kid. Like, There's always something to look forward to. Right. Even when, even when things go south. Right. So there's always something to look forward to even when things go south. So what's the worst that's going to happen? That, that was, you know. That's what you, yeah, and that's what you said to me. Right. And I said to you, well, I'll wind up in another C-section. And you were like, so then that's the worst thing that happens. But, like, we you still, still come home and we have still it. come home and have our daughter. And, you know, everything's, you know, fine, really, at the end of the day. And I think I had to like process that when you said that to me. And I think that really helped me because then when Dr. Brock in the moment said that to us with the vacuum or C-section, it was like, even though it was really upsetting for me, I feel like I accepted it faster. 
Like, I feel like if maybe we hadn't had that conversation, it would have put me in complete, like, tightness in my body and being like, oh, fuck, you know what I mean? And could have really screwed me if I had gotten... I'm going to give this all I got. Right. And if this doesn't work, what's the worst that happens? Right. Yeah. So I think for me, you know, obviously getting my V back successfully, it was obviously so empowering and so healing, but I was in shock. Like, I mean... You know, the, the nurses took great, you know, pictures, uh, you know, of us and, and of me when, when they took her and put her on my chest. And I literally looked like I'm smiling, but I'm in, like, disbelief. Like, I was, like, and I just kept thanking everyone, right? Wasn't I, like, thank you, thank you, thank you to, like, everybody in the room? Like, yeah, I think there were people that, like, just walked in as the baby came out. And I was still and thanking, thanking them. them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was so emotional and I was so, like, oh, my God, you know. And, and of course, Dr. Brock, I was, like, oh, my God, Dr. Brock, I, you know, freaking love you. Like, thank you so much. And, you know, and he was, like, so empowering because he was, like, you should be proud of yourself because you did this. Like, you, you, because you pushed so hard, you got your V back. Well, it's like, it's almost like with the, with the C-section, you went through postpartum depression. Mm -hmm. With the V back, you're, like, you're you're going through, like, postpartum euphoria. (laughs) That's what you said. It's true, though. I mean, as much as, obviously, this is still super painful, I ended up having many stitches. I don't know how many I ended up having. No, you they, didn't tell me how many you had, but I was yeah. like, I was sitting. You were bleeding a lot. Yeah, I lost like, a lot of blood. Like they yeah. were, they were talking about it, and not like, but I was paying attention. Yeah, of course. And I'm like, okay, something's up here. What's mm-hmm. going on? Mm-hmm. And because uh, apparently the bleeding wouldn't stop, oh. and they didn't want to say it. That's why mm-hmm. when Doctor Brock was like, he, uh, he, he was like, he basically shoot everybody out of the way. Oh, okay. Got in there himself and was like, see, no more bleeding. Y'all need to listen to me or something along oh, those I lines. Oh, I kind of vaguely remember that, but I didn't yeah. exactly understand what was happening because I was numb to that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. Well, you had, you had, you had. Uh, well, that was when he. Well, she wasn't already yet, but you had right. baby girl on your chest at that point. Right. I was in like total relation by my like in my zone. Yeah, and I'm doing my thing. I'm looking at you, but I'm listening to what's going on in the room, and like mm-hmm. they're checking your blood levels. And uh... They're that's they. They hook you up to uh, blood pressure to make sure you still have pressure. Okay. Because you... Yeah, see, I was kind you, of oblivious to all that. You lost a lot of blood. A lot of blood, yeah. I mean, and listen, they talk about that when you sign up for a VBAC. Like, when they give you, you know, like, your risks and stuff. Like, it says, like, loss of blood, you know, loss of blood can happen. Well, if you, if you tear your... If you, the, the concern when you do that is you tear your old scar. Right. Because that's... Well, no, that's the biggest thing. So, first, it's... First, they tell you just about that... You can hemorrhage and bleed and this and that. But that they don't worry as much about, but they let you know. What you're talking about is the one actual risk, which is called uterine yeah, rupture. I, I, I can't speak to what the doctors were saying there, but right. I think that somebody... Had it's called made, uterine rupture, though. That's I, what that is. I think that somebody had mentioned it, mm-hmm. and Dr. Brock said, no, it's not that. Right. And he went in, and right. he sutured, mm-hmm. and he was like... he And he said something along the lines, you see? Right. If right. you listen to me... Yeah, well, he's, he's I mean, he's the king for a reason. He's been doing this for a very long time, and he's known for, you know, thousands and thousands of VBACs for moms that wouldn't have happened. So, you know, that's probably why he was like, uh, you know, but yeah, uterine rupture. But the risk, the, like, actual, like, risk of someone who's only had one C-section for to get a uterine rupture, it's 0.01. So it's a very, very low, low, low number. But it is still a risk, and it still can happen. But during my pregnancy, Dr. Brock had the ultrasound oh, point, tech. Oh, Yeah. Is one in a thousand women. Right, of course. So if he had 999 right. successful yeah. VBACs. yeah. Well, guess who you are. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. But I'm just saying, like, it's not, 
you know, it's not like it's like 50% of people, you know, yeah. do a VBAC and get a uterine rupture. People don't understand that and they get, you know, fearful because they hear about it. And it's like, yes, you have to weigh your own risks and everything. But there's also risks with a C-section, you know. So it's like, I mean, birth is, <laughs> it's kind of crazy. You know, it's beautiful, but it's not. So it's like, there's always risk. No, no, but, it's only beautiful you don't have to look at it. Well, I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, sorry. You got to, you got to... Front view. I mean, with Amelia, I mean, you still saw things move around, be cut open and whatever. But I guess it was a little bit more pretty for you in the sense of it was kind of just, what, like one little thing? This was like a whole, you were right there. You were also like helping me push. Oh, no, I was right there. You were pushing the same way with Amelia. Yeah. I was there. I was holding your leg and everything. No, I know you were, but I'm just saying like with the C-section and everything, it was like a very, I don't want to say simple surgery. It well, no, but... you forget because they were talking about using the suction with Amelia but the suction with Amelia Amelia had to go well she hadn't ascended she didn't drop no Arlie was at like plus two Amelia wasn't even at plus one I don't think right so yeah because she hadn't engaged to, remember she shot down shot back up Amelia yeah yeah that well that's what she it's not shot down shot back up she was basically throbbing almost. right in the birth canal she was down right. she was up she, Actually, to be honest with you, Amelia, because she was doing that so much, came out with a bigger cone head yeah, than Arlie, Arlie did I know. with a vacuum. I know, which was crazy because we thought Arlie was going to have we like a massive... We thought Arlie was going to look like, like uh, Dan Aykroyd <laughs> oh my God. In, the, uh, in, that, in that, what was that skit, the, the cone head. I know you're talking about, yeah. But yeah. she came out, she came out not bad at all. No, her head's not, I mean... And Amelia, she, Amelia had the, she had the bent ear... She had one ear bent over because of all yep. the pushing. Yep. Yeah, poor Amelia. She went she went through it, man. Yeah, and Arlie Arlie comes out like like a champ. Well, yeah. hey, listen. Like like our friends told us, like Chris and Kevin or whatever, they're like, Listen, your baby girl knew what she was coming into. She she came into a pandemic. She came into riots. I mean, Arlie was fierce. She I was know. like <laughs> Literally, literally I see your sign I was a mile or two from the riots. Yeah. We're sitting there our first night in uh the postpartum room. Yeah. And we could smell the smoke yep. from all the fires they were setting. And, That's right. Uh, and, they came uh, in and said, "Like, can we open they, the they door or whatever?" One of my favorite, one of my favorite craft pizza places. I know, Monza. I know, so ridiculous. Monza, excuse me. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's pronounced Monza. I, I don't thought know. It, it was, was a Monza. block from where I used to work. Yeah, I know. It's so I know it, it was like crazy. Either way, I mean, but but I mean, Arlie like, came into all. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there thinking, "Oh, great! My my daughter's first couple breaths are smoke." I know. I know. Because they, they have a bunch of vents of cedar, so they pull in the air from the outside. So yeah. Well, that was why they came in and said, can we open the doors and this and that? Because they, yeah. they knew. And I mean, and they locked the ER down. I mean, it was crazy. Like, oh, dude, what she if, came if, into. If you went into labor, like, 18 hours later. I know. We may not have been able to get in there. I know. Can you imagine? I'm telling you, like, she knew what was up. I mean, it was it was crazy. Like, yeah. seriously. So, it was, uh, but it was a successful VBAC, which was amazing. And honestly, I still am like in awe that it actually happened. I mean, I'm so grateful and it was so worth it. I mean, I'm in a lot of pain, not going to lie, with the second degree tear and all the stitches. But I'll tell you what, for me personally, after going through the C-section and how hard that recovery was for me and not even being able to move for the first like three weeks, like this has been 
so much better. I mean, I still have to still take it easy. Justin keeps reminding me, like, I need to, like, lay down more and not, like, push myself and this and that. But it just feels good to be able to, like, move and, like, change Arlie and, like, actually, like, you know, do something. Because with Amelia, like, I felt, like, helpless and obviously with postpartum depression. But, like, I felt like it was Justin. It was Justin's mom, Mary Jane, and my mom. Like, it was just, like, they were doing all the changing. They were bathing Amelia. They were doing everything. I was just laying in bed trying to nurse when Amelia wouldn't even latch the first 10 days. Arlie latched right from the womb. Like, right from when they took her off, when she came out and they pulled her out from my vagina and put her on my chest, she latched within, like, five minutes. Like, it was fast. Like, there was no... Well, there's also... My milk dropped and it was, like... Well, it, it's still colostrum. I thought your milk dropped just as fast with, with Amelia, too. Mm-hmm. I, I think the biggest, and I'm going to say this, I think the biggest factor between starting with breastfeeding with Amelia and starting with breastfeeding with Arlie mm-hmm. was your lactation experts. And how oh, for much, sure. How much Goldilocks, you know, Candace's were amazing. Yeah. How much you know right now yeah, they versus how me much you that. knew then. Well, yeah, when you're a new mom, you don't know shit. Right. So. Right. But no, my milk... If you remember, because I had to, I didn't birth the placenta right. with it, Amelia. It, it, t- it took a little slower. Yeah, and you had, you to, had to do all the, you had to take all the colostrum from my pump. Yeah, and 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 give and it to Amelia with a Doppler and it was like the that. whole thing. Yeah, so it, it took about a week, but right. you know we got it down. We, we did. We, we figured it, it out. But Amelia also had trouble latching because of that because she didn't have the experience of like immediately. Whereas Arlie, like literally. Like, well, I birthed the placenta. I really didn't have the experience. I mean, it was a day old. No, I mean, <laughs> shut up. I mean, <laughs> shut. No, I mean, I don't like, think this person's gonna work out after the first day. Oh like, my god. No, I mean, like, she didn't have like, you know, I was an experience, and then she didn't have like the actual like experience of the placenta coming out and then my stuff dropping so she like couldn't figure out well, how to latch still and came like out. it just came out a different way it didn't come out the birth canal correct but, but they you say still, that's you what... still produced there's some women that have the c-sections that don't produce that's true they say that's a lot of times because of the placenta because your body doesn't understand like oh well yeah that's the milk. trigger right exactly that's the trigger that right. this is out and yeah you... whereas like i you know birthed this placenta which by the way that was weird to birth like I like vaguely kind of remember that, and then it's like this weird, long, like size of a dinner plate. I had no idea that thing is so big. Did you well, see it? I know it's humongous. Yeah. yeah. I saw it. I saw it when they took it out of you when you had your C-section. Yeah. I had no idea. Like I was like, whoa, when it like came out and down. I was like staring at it. Like I mean, I've heard about it. Obviously, I'm doing the placenta encapsulation with Samantha Davis, who came to Cedars to pick it up, but. And she told, like, you know, on my podcast and spoke about it with me to, like, actually see it. Because I didn't see it during the C-section. So, actually see it come out. I was like, oh, like, what is that? Yeah, it's about the size of a junior high school football. <laughs> I junior, mean, it's about the size of a junior high school sized football. I felt like that was pretty big. Like, I mean, I, you know, I'm sure everybody's different. Yeah, but it's gooey. Oh, I know. I but mean, it just still, slides right out. It didn't really, I mean... I mean, like it's a baby. And he still had to have me push. If you remember, he was like getting one push, and then it was like came down. But it was it was weird. Yeah, you pushed like it was like like if the baby's a hard poop, then this was like a diarrhea. I guess. Yeah, you want to keep it to poops. Yeah, I you, guess so. You can't say that you pushed as hard to get the. Oh no, 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 no! But it was still like weird. And he was and just then, like push. Yeah, but still, I don't know. It's just weird to me. And then 
after that, the other thing that nobody, I guess, at least I haven't heard, do you remember when after, when they were pushing on my stomach to make sure everything was okay, and I started having contractions again, and I was, like, actually having to labor through them, and I was, like, shaking, and I was, like, what is that? And they were, like, oh, we have to make sure everything's, like, out, like, I guess, like, draining and, like, nothing's sitting, like, fluid-wise, like, in... Well, you continue as, naturally, you continue to have contractions. Right. As your uterus is, yes, your uterus's way of draining itself. Right. But they hook you. They hook you up to pit. Yeah. So they give you some some to make it contract. I'm gonna call it uh, postnatal pit <laughs> because the baby's right. out. But you know. Right. Because I didn't have pit not, the whole it's time. Not, it's not the same kind of pit that induces labor. Right. I think it's like a lesser, but yeah. it makes you contract it. But it was weird, and I said to you, I was like having to actually like. But at this point, the baby's out, and now they're trying to, I mean, what they're trying to really do is get you back to normal as soon as possible. Right. As soon as they can shrink your uterus, the sooner you can get back to yourself. Right. So, I mean, it's, it's... No, I know it's necessary, but I just didn't, I don't remember... It's it's not necessary. Oh. It's, it's not necessary, it's just, it's helpful. Okay. Well... I don't think you find a nurse in there that said that after they had a kid that they wouldn't want some additional pit to, to help them... Right. Heal and whatever and contract. Yeah, but I guess I don't remember anyone ever talking about that. So that was just like new to me. Like I was just kind of like, and then when I was actually having contractions, I would actually work through them and then like shaking and all that. Like that was like, I don't know, that felt, that that just felt really like weird to me. And then that, then I think that added to them when I got up to go to the bathroom right after and they, when, when uh, Dara, um, uh, Dara, took me in the bathroom and I was like shaky and I was like dizzy and then she was freaking out because she thought it was because of the fever and all that but I think it was just because of like that feeling from the contractions and it was like throwing me off and making me feel weird because then I was fine but she was all like in panic mode and was like are you sure you're fine are you super dizzy are you this or that and I was like no I'm just dizzy from like that I think I was dizzy from that and then also just feeling I told you I could really you were, feel you were dizzy from a loss of blood you think you lost a lot of blood. I knew exactly what you were doing. It wasn't a question in my mind. She asked if you were dizzy mm-hmm. because she wanted to know how you felt after how much blood you lost. Mm, okay. I didn't feel like I lost that much blood. I, I think I was... I honestly didn't. I honestly... I think I was so elated by being able to birth Arlie and push her out and had her on my chest and have my golden hour, as they call it, you know, when you're the first hour where they don't bother you and they just let you be with the baby, like, before they move you over to postpartum. I was just so in that zone that I didn't, like, I knew I wanted water from you and stuff, and I was hungry, but I didn't feel like, oh, my God, I lost so much blood. Like, If they had captured your blood into a bag, they could have probably sold it to a horror, to a horror movie producer nice. to, to, like, create, like, a, a massacre scene. Like, you, like, you were, you were bleeding before she came out, and you were bleeding when she came out, and you continue to bleed after she came out. Mm. I'm going to say, I think... But then I stopped. Like Dr. Brock said, he worked on me, and then I remember him putting yeah, my legs together. Yeah, he worked on you, and you stopped. Yeah. They were talking about it. I want to say that you lost two to two and a half pints of blood. Mm. I have no idea, honestly. Two to two and a half pints. I just remember and after... the human body only has something like eight pints or something like that. Mm-hmm. So I think you lost... I think I want to say you lost probably a quarter of the blood that's in your body. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So they, I didn't that's feel co- that, that's honestly. Right, yeah. I didn't feel that, honestly. I just felt like I wanted to eat a little something. And I remember I asked you for water. Like, I was needing, like, replenishment. But I wasn't, like, 
I don't know. I mean, when Arlie was nursing, I didn't well, that's, feel. Well, that's also what the mom juice is about. Oh yeah, the oh it's a yeah. Ton I have to of, say, it's a ton Lauren Everett from Skinny Confidential that everybody knows and loves podcast. Lauren told me she was make sure after you have the baby, you ask for the mom juice because Lauren gave birth to uh, her baby girl Zaza a few months before at Cedars, and she was like, "Yo, make sure you ask the mom juice," and that was really good. And I asked for that right away, and they had gave, then I ended up having it like a few times while we were there. But um, yeah, but what because it's replenishing. To like the body. Vitamin C helps to replenish. Like when you when you give blood, mm-hmm. they give you like a chocolate chip cookie and a, and, and orange juice. Oh, okay. You know. Yeah, and the but mom juice is like a combo of like the orange juice it, and like cranberry and apple or something or yeah. In all honesty, though, kudos to Dr. Brock for like sitting there and and like when people are like you can you, as the as the husband where I'm not in it, but I yeah. can kind of like see the scurrying around mm-hmm. the room and know that something's it's not n- nothing's wrong but people are concerned right and brock just stepping in there taking charge and just kind of that's like, who he is yeah just kind of like get out of my way i know what this is this is happening mm-hmm. we're fixing this well and- i do remember him saying like he took my legs and he was like look and he turned to the team and he was like no more bleeding and i i was trying to kind of figure out what was going on but i do remember like all of a sudden i wasn't bleeding yeah yeah, yeah, that was that was a testament to his experience. And, yeah, and knowing what to do. Yeah, knowing what to well, do. Well, I in mean, a situation you know, like he's that. known for being that cool, calm, collective doctor in the first place. Is a reason why people go to him, you know, for VBACs because he is so good about that, and he does understand how a VBAC works and how eighty percent of VBACs are successful. So, like, it's not a small number. Like, that's the U.S. number is eighty percent. But yet, so many doctors just because you had a C-section, they're like, "Oh, let's schedule a C-section." And if, like, if I recall, they weren't, they weren't, they never made the request to get you a transfusion. Mm-hmm. But they were, but it, it was being considered. Mm, okay. That, that's how much blood you lost. I didn't, and honestly, I didn't hear any of that. Which thank God. I, I, somebody, if anybody listening as a nurse, you probably know like what that. Of course. You know, if you lose this much blood, we consider, and then mm-hmm. we call it when you lose this much blood. That's how much blood she lost. Mm. They were, I, I want to say that they were about to, about to, they were considering doing a transfusion, but it never got to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I don't, honestly, I don't remember any of that, so I'm glad I didn't pay attention or clue in, because that would have probably freaked me out, especially since I hate well, you already had the needle in your arm. Yeah, but still. It, like, they just had to put a different bag just, on. It would have just freaked me out just to like know that that was going on. I do remember, though, when we were getting ready to leave to go to postpartum, and they put me on the um, the gurney thing because I was t- I was tired, and they didn't want to make me like stand up and sit on the wheelchair. So they took the gurney and had me and put uh, Arlie on me and took us to postpart- the postpartum um, uh, department. And I remember... When we when we were on the gurney, I remember seeing all the blood on the floor at that point because they were still cleaning it up. Like that, like I knew that was mine. Oh, dude, there was blood on the floor since <laughs> nine o'clock in the morning when the anesthesiologist poked you, and a bunch of blood got on the floor. And they didn't clean that up either. Oh, okay. And I'm like, all right, I guess it's just kind of like we just have blood on the floor, and then right. when this is over, they just come they in. They just and come in and clean house. Well, I mean, I guess the person's mopping up the entire freaking yeah, no Cedar Sinai facility for COVID nineteen. They don't have 
They they don't have a ton to probably up, actually uh, yeah four by four spot up on the floor. I mean whatever, I you know I just remember seeing that and and I being like oh okay but like I still didn't think like oh my gosh I lost so much because I just saw different spots which like I mean even my best friend Nicole Coley like she told me and you know she's had two successful vaginal never had C section and she told me she's like she hemorrhaged um, in. Uh, Chloe's birth and that you know lost a ton of blood so I mean I guess it, for a lot of people it just happens it's not necessarily you know just someone who's going for a VBAC like it's just what can happen from the pushing and also depending on how big the baby is and all of that and what happens with how your you know vagina tolerates it I guess because it was first degree tears secondary tears and third degree tears and I had a second degree tear so you know I don't know and also too um, I guess it's also how your blood reacts which is probably why Dr. Brock was so hardcore on me taking my um, iron pills because I was slightly anemic, remember, in the pregnancy mm -hmm. with Arlie. And he was like, you need to make sure you take your iron pills like every day and don't forget and da 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 and the whole You're thing. You're still taking them now, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah cause he wants, because I guess, I guess because I lost a lot of blood or whatever. So I don't know. There's so much that goes into it. But Dr. Brock was amazing. He was like literally the king when it came to my VBAC. He made sure it happened. Even the nurses said to us after everything was said and done, and I was like, oh my gosh, couldn't believe he was saying C-section, you know, possibly. And I remember um, Dara saying to me, when Dr. Brock calls a C-section, we go running because he doesn't call them very often. Like, that's how much he's good about VBACs and honoring moms and helping them, you know, get what they want, you know. And there's obviously nothing wrong, like I've talked to other moms about this, there's nothing wrong with scheduling under C-section, but that just wasn't what I personally wanted. After my experience, after everything I had been through, I really wanted my VBAC. And so I feel like really grateful well, the, that the I got my VBAC. The first pregnancy you went through, you went through it a way that you thought that you were going to have the best chance mm -hmm. of getting a vaginal birth. Yeah. It, it, me as your husband, I don't really have much to say about that because this is your decision and it's it, you're the one that has to go through it. But right. I don't think that we made the best decisions we in were that, learning it was our but first it, but it wasn't even that though either it wasn't that we were learning or anything you got stuck with a raw deal too because the original doctor you were oh, yes, going I did. to yeah i did the original doctor that you were going that. to like yeah. she was something that her dad, her dad died, was dying he was dying and she wasn't going to be able to be yeah. around for the birth yeah. so and she moved we me went, over to her partner who i hated right mm -hmm. her, right the partner mm -hmm. wanted to schedule and induce mm -hmm. and at like 38 weeks yeah. and yeah mm -hmm. so that and that's when we went and we were like okay we're gonna fight so it was almost out of desperation that i switched that my we, plan that we found a midwife yeah and well because we couldn't find a doctor that late in the game right who could and, take me and mm -hmm. we went yeah so um that's right i told you know i totally think it blacked that out or like forgot about that right. in the first situation we were, we were dealt a raw deal with that yeah and it, no fault of anybody's. Yeah, totally. Because I, I God, what was her name? Doctor Rachel. Rachel. Uh. And it's Sanford. Like, and we really liked her. Oh yeah, she was. We fantastic. really liked her, but she her, did Reiki. She was like super dope. She was down to let me like labor at home at first for a little bit in the tub, and then come to her. Like, yeah. she totally got it. Like, she was cool. Rachel. But her dad was passing away, yeah. and it just, it just. She told us like, it, there's no way I'm gonna be the birth. Yeah. Dr. Rachel, oh God, now what? Now I'm like, what? It was super simple, remember? It was like, like a really. It was like Rachel Rice or something like that. Or what? White? Or Dr. Yeah. Something like that. And we were traveling up to Valencia because that's where her office was. 
and we liked her, so we didn't care, so we would go. I didn't remember. No, no, no. her, her, uh, she was three days a week in Valencia, two oh, days yeah, a week right. in, uh, like Mission Hills or San Fernando. Right, yeah, she had two different like offices. Or, oh my god, Dr. Dr. Rachel Dan? No, I, don't, I can't remember now. But she was, she was great. And uh, it just didn't, yeah, you're right, it just didn't work out. Um, but also, too, I feel like I had no clue that, like, it mattered that Amelia was so high. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like, I wish someone would have said to me, like, you know, like, oh, you know, she's pretty high. Like, you know, did, has anyone said anything to you about, like, if she doesn't ascend or something because I had no idea that was even a thing like I didn't get covered in our birth class like nobody said that to me like I don't know I just felt like and then obviously with Arlie being pregnant the second time between be, being so heavy in the mom community and having so many different people that are my friends and experts in the birth community all these things I got so much information probably overload but like so much information about pregnancy and how your body can be and how sometimes some people's bodies need more help with adjusting and so it was like you know chiropractic right at like eight weeks pregnant like right away with dr annie who helped you know move my hips around checked everything and was like well you have one hip higher than the other might have been where amelia got stuck yeah and she worked really hard on that and got me to be aligned like you know so all these things that like i didn't know play a part in that you know so i feel like again like when you know better you do better and so for the second birth i was like determined to find all the right components to help me at least have a chance like you said to like the most successful chance to have my v back and to be able to like make it happen and i would just say to anyone listening who like really wants to be back like it is hard work but you can do it like you, your body absolutely can and you have to trust your body will do it and will go into labor and I think that's the biggest part. It, the, I'll, I'll say one thing bigger. That, that you need to find a doctor that's willing to... Oh, yeah. Your care, your providers, everything. You're, that's willing to do it and hang in there with you yeah. until the very last stage. Because this literally came down to... This came down to, like, we were at the end. And it was like, all right, we got one more shot. And he... Doctor he pulled Brock, for me. He stuck with yeah. you until the last possible moment. He did. So, I know. I love him. He did. Completely. And I told him that, and you remember when he came in to check on me in postpartum the next day. Mm. I was like, thank you so much. I am so grateful for you. And that's when he made me feel good. And he was like, you should be thanking yourself. Like, I assisted, but like, you pushed. The reason you got your V-back is because you pushed so hard. You made it happen, you know? Which was honestly, I think, just so empowering for me because I'm sitting there going, wow, I pushed a nine-pound, three-ounce baby out who was super tall and long. Whereas Amelia with a C-section was eight pounds, seven pounds, you know what I mean? Like, kind of makes me laugh because it's like Amelia was smaller. I mean, obviously the situation was totally different, but still. She's so goddamn big now. <laughs> yeah, she is. Like, you don't realize, like, how big a two-year-old is until, until you, you have, have a, until you yeah. have an infant. You know, isn't it weird? Don't we feel like now when you look she at her? She was so small. She was. We would look at her and we'd be like, oh, our baby girl. And now you just, like. Oh my god! And my granted, little monster. I know, right? <laughs> totally. It's like, and it's crazy because it's like Arlie is like really not that small of a baby. Like Vivi and our neighbor was over today because uh, we had Arlie's checkup. Well, no, no, she yeah, you know, she did she did lose the normal you of know, course Arlie. nine or ten yeah, ounces um, or something. Like yeah, that. she's now eight pounds eleven ounces. When we went to her Arlie's checkup today, but Vivian was here, our neighbor, and she was like, she has like a bunch of friends who just had uh, nieces and everything who just had babies, and so she was like, oh my god. You know, Arlie's the biggest out of all of them. And she doesn't even look that big. She still looks teeny tiny. And I'm like, no, it's so crazy how once you have your tiny little newborn and then you have your toddler, you're like, 
you stare and you're like, oh my God, she looks so big. Like every time I stare at Amelia, I'm like, oh my God, I keep calling her my baby girl because she's still, of course, baby to us. But it's like, oh my God, you can really see she's like a full-blown toddler. And this is her like teeny tiny baby sister. So it's so, it's so weird, isn't it? Isn't it crazy now that Arlie's here and it's been a few days? Like Arlie was born, by the way, on a May 30th. Um, and Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Uh, May 30th at uh, 3.19 p.m. Uh, PST. Um, and um, it's just crazy now, like, when I see them together and, like, now, like, that we have the two girls, I'm like, oh, my God, we are parents of two. Like, it's, like, real now. It's no yeah, longer, it's like... it's our little family downstairs. I know. We have a whole little party of four. Like, it's it's crazy. It's just... Uh, it's all... It's honestly... A lot of it's super surreal to me. And I, um, I was saying this to one of my friends today on the phone, like... I, as much as COVID-19 and the pandemic and all this crap has been so crazy and like, so just like, holy crap, 2020, I am so like grateful that like the silver lining, at least for us, has been that like, we got so much time with Amelia, just the three of us, that we would have never had. We had so many fun, like just fun nights of staying up in quarantine to like 1am, like having dance parties, like letting her stay up too late, hang out with us, like going on walks, you know, just just having a good time together that we would have never had because like you'd be obviously working I'd be working like you know you'd be like golfing you know like all the things that we normally do would just be our normal lives but because we've been in quarantine like we just got to spend so much time together and like really like solidify and form that bond before Arlie came now I feel like it's just only going to be that much better in my opinion as you're staring at me yeah (laughs) oh now you don't feel the same no, I don't feel the same. I just don't know what the hell you're talking about. What do you mean? Well, yeah, we were home for quarantine, but I yeah. mean... What about, I'm saying, like, you you haven't been at work. Like, you, you're you working, but you like haven't been at the office. You've been here to, like, help me and me being so pregnant. Like, me being able to have you and help with Amelia and us getting to spend time together. Like, the three of us and, like... Yeah, we've been able to spend more time together and yeah. everything, but... That's what I was saying. And I feel like it was like a nice... What bond are you talking about that we haven't bonded with over the last 10, 11 years? Not you and me. The three of us with Amelia. Oh, like... oh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm talking about, yeah. Well, she, I... She's only two. She's not going to remember right now. Doesn't matter. We do. I, I, did, I, I, I disagree. I think she'll remember part you know, of it. You know how many times I have a moment with Amelia where I'm like, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life and I forget it by the next week. <laughs> well, that's your problem. <laughs> It's like, I, I, I remember saying that to myself yesterday, and I can't remember what the hell happened. <laughs> oh my god. I can't remember. What's your excuse? You have no pregnancy brain, no mom brain, you have dad brain, is that a thing? No, it's just like, it, uh, there's so many days. <laughs> well, especially in quarantine. There's so there, many days. There are, but I don't know, I just felt like we got like more, you know, bonding time with her she was she's been so happy to have like you home and like wake up and like see that like you're here working like at your desk at your computer outside of her room and then I'm home with her and it's like oh my god I get both my parents and I don't know I just thought it was like a really nice bonding time for all of us and we got to like really experience things together and do things that like maybe we wouldn't have done just like had life been normal and now Arlie's here and it's like we get to like add her to the, you know, the fun, you know, party of four. And it's like, I don't know, I feel like we got like the most time with Amelia. 
could have until Arlie came because Arlie literally held on until I was 42 weeks pregnant, like literally full blown term. Like, <laughs> there was like no more, like, you know, no more days to go. It was either going to be like, she was going to come or Dr. Brock was going to induce me like within 48 hours because it was like the end, mm -hmm. like, you know, so I mean, you know, which also, uh, to talk about real quick, um, that Dr. Brock wanted to, um, potentially induce me earlier in the week because he was like afraid I wasn't going to go into labor. And I really like my gut told me I was going to go into labor. Like I really felt it. I knew my body was doing it. I knew I was just a matter of like Justin said, like the mind blocking and working through all that. And so I told him, I was like, with all due respect, you know, I absolutely like love and respect you, but like I really want my body to do it so that we can just go through it and not have to worry about the induction and this and that. And so he was like, all right, fine. I trust you. Like we trust how you feel as well. And I think that goes well, back to it. Well, he also, he also checked you out. And oh, was of like, course. Yeah. Medically. And so like... everything was healthy. I did all my non-stress tests, the NSTs. If something was, if, if there was something, he oh, might yeah. have had a different opinion. Oh, but... if there was anything wrong? Well, he even told me, like, when they checked my like my fluids every other day, he was like, if fluids change, like, we're doing it. And I was like, that's fair. Like, if something changes and things aren't good, I'm not going to put myself and the baby at risk. Like, we had that conversation. But I appreciate it, and it goes back to what you're saying with, like, the provider and, like, making sure they support you. He supported me, and he got it, and he was like, okay, I'll give you, you know, through the weekend and let you, like, see what happens. And then if it doesn't, then, you know, in 48 hours we'll discuss and we'll do it. And so I was like, okay. So it was like Arlie really just held on until, you know, the last minute. And then she was like, okay, I'm coming before Dr. Brock induces me. But, um, yeah, you know, it was, uh, I don't know, wouldn't you say it was still an intense birth, but it was, like, beautiful at the same time? I know you said beautiful, beautiful if you're not looking at it, but I just mean... In overall, like, feeling and the way it was and the way it played out, like, I felt like things, like, really aligned. Like, how Stacy was able to come over and, like, check me and see me off and then be able to be here for Amelia for us when we didn't have anyone, you know, in the beginning. And... Yeah, the stars, the stars definitely aligned because if you had to go through a C-section, we had to have five days in the hospital. I know. I wasn't going to be able to stay with you. Oh, I know. So, yeah. so the fact that you were able to get her out, yeah. we Could were able to get it and, and get an early dismissal from the hospital. 24 hour discharge. Yeah. That was, that was a blessing. So it was. the fact that we were, and that all comes down to the fact that you were able to get her out of your vag. Yeah. And push. Yeah. yeah. Rather than right. having her cut out of your mm -hmm. stomach. Yeah. Thank you. Mm -hmm. but it's true. I don't know. I just felt like everything really aligned and you know, ever since we got home, Arlie's been nursing around the clock and you know overall like knock on wood she's been sleeping really well dude she and slept for like seven hours last night i know i woke up three times in freak out mode like oh my god is she okay and i picked her up and i put her on me and she didn't want to nurse and she just went back to sleep and then i picked her up again later on and was just touching her and she was still sleeping in my arms and i was like damn she just she's happy and she's content and she's sleeping and she's shitting Oh my a god. Lot. She's shitting a peeing a lot, yeah. She's has had more shits than days she's been alive. <laughs> As a matter of fact, multiply it by like three. Like I think she has like three or four three to five shits a day. Oh my god, so funny. But that's how you know she's healthy and she's she's getting everything milk wise and so I mean it's just I don't know, it's just been such a different experience. Yeah, from... you attribute that to the, the type of birth. Yeah. Where Amelia's was stressed out. and she Yeah, was... well, it was traumatic for me. It was traumatic for Amelia. Mm -hmm. So that, I think, had, you know, a lot 
to do with everything, you know? And again, I was also a first time mom, so I didn't expect to have a C-section. I didn't expect to have a postpartum depression. Like there was so much that went into it, but I don't know with Arlie, I just felt like the empowerment and just like everything I have felt and like the way she's been and how chill she's been. I'm just like, I, you know, I'm just grateful. I feel like it all really things aligned. Well, you're on cloud fucking nine. I seriously, I am. Even in as much pain as I'm in with my tear. My my bosses have have been, are you a dad again yet? Are you a dad again yet? (laughs) I I texted him after uh, Arlie was born. I said, you know, okay, so she's here and, you know, everything is great. She's like, oh, good. And how's Allie? I'm like, Allie's on cloud freaking nine. Like, she's on cloud nine. She had her V-back. She is probably the happiest postpartum person you will ever meet in your life right now even even through how painful it is down there and how like stretch everything feels and uncomfortable oh and the hemorrhoids oh i've never had hemorrhoids before mm-hmm. and you justin said it looks like i got well, lip it, injections it's, it's, in my butthole yeah that's she's like she's like what she was asked about her hemorrhoids i'm like <laughs> what is this i'm like i never had them i'm like basically imagine Imagine if your butthole had lip injections. That's what it looks like. Like so I, I gross. Mean, it, it's just it's uranus coming out of your butthole, Ugh. and it, it happens when you push too hard. And apparently, I pushed super hard. So yeah. So, so tonight we were doing a, a sits bath to help me. Sits bath. Sit sits bath. Yeah. Sits. Sits. S i t. Just like sit. Uh-huh. Sits. Sits. Except the s is a z. Uh, sits. Bath. Sits bath. <laughs> and and I had my butt sitting it's a in bath, that. It's a bath for your butthole. Yeah. So weird and so gross. But yeah, so I was doing that. But even with that and feeling awful, like doing that, and I, I still, I am like, thank you, thank you, thank you for my V-back. So I just want to say to like any moms, you know, or, you know, pregnant, you know, mamas, you know, listening, you know, the, the V-back is possible. But like Justin said, Find a provider. If you're in LA, go to Brock. <laughs> um, but, you know, find a provider that's supportive. You know, find a team that really gets you. Like, you know, my doula, Stacy, you know, has supported so many moms in their VBACs, and she's amazing. And obviously, you know, pre-COVID-19, she was supposed to be there in person. But, you know, with everything going on, she was there virtually, and she literally never hung up. She was with us the entire time. She was amazing. She made sure I felt supported. Obviously, my husband, you know, Justin being super supportive, my VBAC, just my chiropractor. I mean, just everybody that I had, you know, like labor, you know, I had um, uh, Berlin did like my my, uh, labor massage, I had acupuncturist. I mean, all the things that help you have tools for, you know, a successful VBAC. I just think that that was just so important for me and, you know, was so made made sure that it happened. and so I just want to say, like, you know, if you're thinking about doing it, you can do it. You know, you just have to really put your mind to it. And, and that's another thing, too. You have to have the fear release. You have to really put your mind to it. And you have to allow yourself to, like, like Justin said, like, know that something else could happen and release all of that and, like, just be like, what's the worst thing? And then let that go. Because I think between that, having, like, my good cry, you know, with, with Amelia and talking to her, you know, by, by myself and all that and then the labor coming I really think it was like a whole catalyst effect of just like release 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 and they say birth is you know surrendering and really just you know going with how things are and 
I think I was better about surrendering more um, in this pregnancy and in this birth. And when I was like married to everything with Amelia and like wouldn't change anything till I had to. Yeah, but I think the number one, I mean, I I say the number one thing, but I think the thing that's equally as important Mm -hmm. is you need to find a doctor. I said the provider. That's, okay, you said it. Okay. I'm just re-saying it. Oh, okay. All right. Because I I really can't stress it enough that you need to find a doctor that's on the same page as you. Yeah. That that will trust you Mm -hmm. and trust you. Or a midwife if that's your jam. They both do VBACs. Yeah. That will trust you and trust you to know your own body, Mm -hmm. but will also give you um, a fighting chance, an honest medical opinion, not just try to induce you, get Mm -hmm. a VBAC, and then wind up in another C-section. Yeah, and give you a real fighting chance, and actually like believe in you know because he because brock wanted to induce yeah he did he wanted he to did. induce you yeah. mm-hmm. um, earlier in the week and, and you basically said this is how i feel and mm-hmm. i i think that this is going to happen for me i'd rather not be induced i want to wait so many more days and he was like okay but then it it, it was going to come to a point where yeah well he had already told me that once i was at term you know it was no longer a conversation i said that's fine I just want to go to term if things are healthy and things are safe. And because I went in every other day and they checked my levels and checked my fluids and everything stayed exactly the same. Everything was strong. Nothing wavered. She never wavered. He was like, okay, then I'll honor it. You're right. You have to find someone who you can trust to do that. And it's not going to be, that's a good point, is not going to bait and switch you. There are a lot of doctors who will be cool until all of a sudden you get to that 39, 40, 41 week mark and then they bait and switch. And that is not known as VBAC supportive. That is known as VBAC tolerant. And you can look that up. Like I learned that from my dual and a bunch of experts in this and that. Dr. Brock is VBAC supportive. Like he actually believes in a VBAC and, you know, what the mother wants. And when you're tolerant, you just basically do it until your comfort, till their comfort level is no longer there. And then they say, sorry, you know what? We went to this. This is what it is. Now we're inducing or now we're just going to C-section. So you really have to find someone who supports it and believes in it, which Dr. Brock, you know, he's known for being one of the kings of VBAX in LA and breech babies. So, and, and now I also know why, like after seeing how he handled it, it was very much supportive of everything I wanted. So, you know, he's going to come on the podcast too, which I'm super excited for you guys. Um, is he really, or is he No, just... he promised me. He, he said, if I got my VBAC, he promised me he would. Well, you heard me say to him, and now you're talking about my podcast, and he's like, whatever you want, Allie, because he knows, because he was like, <laughs> okay, if I don't, she's never going to leave me alone. So, yeah, so he'll be on, and uh, we'll talk all about it, and it'll be very interesting, I'm sure, for him to share his perspective and everything else with, uh, you know, feedbacks and obviously his experience with so many moms and everything. But, yeah, that's Arlie Joe's uh, a birth story, uh, you know, full detail and the whole thing. Um with the Arlie's name, Joe is for uh, Justin's dad. We wanted to, um, I, I had said to Justin earlier on in the pregnancy, I wanted to do something because Amelia Ray, as you guys know, is Amelia's after my grandmother, passed away. And then Ray is after my grandfather, who now passed away um, on my mom's side. So we wanted to do something. I especially want to do something for Justin's family. And I wanted to do a masculine name. So it was between Joe and James. You want a masculine middle name. Right, masculine middle name. Thank you. And it was between Joe and James. And you said you'd rather do Joe. And I liked Joe. And so I said, okay, we'll do it for your dad. And then the A name 
Harley kind of just happened because we were searching all different A's trying to find I liked Adeline then I liked like Adeline and Adelaide and all these things and Justin was like eh whatever you sure like, you want to broadcast that to all these people listening to you why those are weird ass names they're not weird they're beautiful names okay it was weird to you yeah but whatever it, I think they're pretty they're different anyways I love Arlie I think it fits her and I think it's it's perfect but we wanted a unique A Adelaide is an Amber Lynn song what it's not a name no, that's not true. You make <laughs> shit up. Um, but Justin kept saying when I would say Adeline, he'd go, like, she's out of line. Ha, 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 ha. That's what I'll think every time. So then that was scratched. So anyways, we had all these A names. And I just, you know, I just wanted something very feminine, very pretty to go with Joe because I wanted to, like, have it be different with the masculine. And then we found Arlie. We randomly found Arlie, right? When we were searching A names? Yeah, we randomly found Arlie. And I thought that it went well because... Uh, my dad drove a motorcycle most of his life, <laughs> and uh, he recently just sold his uh, his bike because he's he's just he's getting older. He's seventy, seventy one or something. Yeah, he's not on the bike very often. He's it's it's getting a little tougher for him to to, to get on there. So he recently had a slow, but they used to call him Harley Joe. <laughs> so it's kind of like drop the drop the H and Harley, and then also you guys know me, and I like you know different name meanings. So we looked up. After Arlie was born and we had a name tree, they kept asking us, what's her name? And we were like, uh, baby girl. And it was like, that's what they put, you know, on the board and everything, the paperwork. And we were trying to figure it out. And then when um, we looked up Arlie, Justin was reading like, the different meanings. And the main one is promise. And I felt like after I got my V back, um, and promise in, uh, for, in Hebrew, because like uh, for Amelia, Ray, R-E-I, why did the spelling that way for her middle is because it meant my uh my shepherd my companion my friend so i wanted something you know pretty for arlie so when he looked it up it was promise and i felt like you know what promise of my v-back that i got you know the promise of like kind of the joy of what arlie was bringing into this crazy 2020 and the pandemic and everything else i just felt like it it just fit so that was what made us you know officially decide on arlie joe and so now she's here and um i'll be sharing pictures and some updates on social media soon we've been kind of just in our own bubble and enjoying her and uh, enjoying our new little family of four but uh it's uh it's, it's pretty surreal i mean i got my v back you know um i did it and i'm so like justin said just so elated on cloud nine that it happened and uh set my mind to it and made it happen and had so many amazing people especially dr brock around me who made it happen and the nurses at cedars and just you know, Justin being so involved and just everything, you know, uh, Stacy, my doula, um, my chiropractor, Dr. Annie, who helped me from the get-go. I mean, you know, the birth community just in general, like Dr. Berlin, who did the um, labor stimulation, massage, and, you know, acupuncturist. I mean, just all the people that really stepped up and helped me and supported me. Um, you know, I just want to say thanks to all of them that, you know, get to listen and everything. And thanks to all of you guys who have been you know, asking and supporting this whole pregnancy and my journey this whole time. Um, you know, it was uh, very, really cool to get to share with everyone. And like I said, I just want to be, you know, really supportive to anyone who's thinking of a VBAC. You can do it, you know, so don't feel like you can't and don't let someone tell you you can't. Find a provider, find a doctor, find a midwife, find someone who actually believes in it and will hang in there with you. And um, babe, cheers. Our daughter, 
Charlie Joe. Oh, it's gone. I Charlie see got, Joe. I see you got. Oh, what'd you get? No, it's a different drink. No, I grabbed another skeleton. Oh, okay. Same thing. But yeah, cheers to Charlie Joe. And our... You've had me up here for two hours and 15 minutes. You know what? I, I wanted to have a, a very, I told you, a very detailed podcast, and I told you I was taking your time. So, you know, thank you for joining my show again. And, uh, you know. Well, it's always a pleasure. I'm always happy to, you know, do this when I'm in town. And, yeah. And, you know, it's it's uh, real awesome always just to kind of come in here to your to your little studio and, and hear it. To talk with everybody, and this is just—it's just, it's just yeah. fantastic for me. I'm just—I'm just so happy. I know, don't you have so much I'm just, fun? I'm just so happy, so blessed. <laughs> I can't with you. Hashtag blessed. But seriously, thank you for being so supportive. Obviously, always of me, but really, especially with this feedback and my birth. I mean, I just remember so many times during the labor and during the pushing, staring into your eyes, you having the mask on your face, and you just looking at me like dead on with your eyes like you can do this you can do this you can do this and like letting me know like you've got this you've got this and that was a huge part of me feeling you know like so supported and so empowered well, don't ever think that uh, i mean i'll tell you this now that we're out of the labor but there were times i'm like oh she's not gonna be able to do this no i'm sure of course i but mean that's positive, normal positive reinforcement yeah that's that's all it was positive reinforcement yeah but you but you did genuinely believe in me you might have had moments where you're like oh shit this is looking whatever but like I know you did because you kept saying like you can do this you can do this and I could feel it and like yes okay positive reinforcement but I know you you oh, no, I believed that. in you yeah I know you did I believed in you yeah but, but the power of positive reinforcement of I course I'm gonna ever tell you anything no and I say some dumb shit sometimes I but I check myself <laughs> before I open my mouth because yes. I only let you hear the positive things because mm-hmm. well, when you were when you were right there and I'm so I'm actually surprised you wanted to see her. No, I needed to. I didn't think. I never in a million years would think I wanted to. But in that moment, it was like... I thought you were going to see all that blood and be like, mm -hmm. oh my God, it's happening to me. Stop. Right. No. That made me feel like, go. Like, big G-O, go. Make it happen. She's right there. Things are moving. Like, this is what you wanted. This is what you envisioned. Like, go. You know? So for me, it was like seeing that was just like, I don't know. That was like the next level of like the cherry on top of like make this happen she is right there whereas like with amelia like i think that the fact that like you know you said she kind of throbbed and like shot up and down and everything and i couldn't really see what was going on they would say oh we see her head or oh we see her hair but it was like nothing i could really grasp and then i already wasn't feeling everything i just didn't feel in tuned at all and if there's anything I've learned about myself, like you said... Well, you needed to go through that to know what you needed. You're right. I did. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of experiences in life. You go through something to know what you need or something else. But, like, you know about me, obviously. <laughs> Hands-on, not a visual learner. But um, I I just think, like, I need to get a grasp of something. And I need to be able to, like, know, like, you know, this is what I'm going for. And that's how I felt with Arlie. It was, like, from the beginning of the pregnancy of like knowing the chiropractic was working my body was responding to everything she was adjusting everything I was doing like it was just all working and I just felt like this is going to freaking happen and then when she dropped and then almost the preterm labor like all that shit I was like this baby girl knows what's up she knows what she's doing we're doing this together like this is happening and that was where I was at the whole time so for you to show me her there in the end game it was like okay there's the eye on the prize. Let's go. And it was just, you know, push with all your might. Make it happen. Yeah, I've never been more proud of you for sticking through that. Thank you. It was 
it, I mean, it was hard. And that moment when I had, you know, my airbud in my ear, I was listening to so much fear releasing because at that point, once he had said if the vacuum didn't work, the next thing was C-section, I was starting to really trip and I was starting to lose my like, you know, endurance and adrenaline and everything. And I was like, okay, no, 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 I got to listen to this. And then I was just listening and your body can do this. Like I was listening to, you know, body affirmations and it was like, your body can do this. Your body was made to do this. Like women give birth all the time. And just hearing those words over and over and over again, like that my body can do this. Your body was made for this. This is what is meant to happen. That made me like really go into like, okay. And then of course, to get spiritual, like when I had my eyes shut, I swear I saw Dodo, my grandmother, like I saw something, a light, something that came to me that felt like she was there. And it was like, you got this. Don't even question. Like, just do it. And then within... I think it was the blood loss. I can't with you. And then within a couple, maybe like a minute or two, she was she was there. Like, she was out and... Yeah, you passed out. <laughs> she passed out. Yeah. <laughs> was... I saw a white light with my grandmother in it. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she was here. I mean, shit. <laughs> But no, seriously, I mean, and you know my, obviously, my attachment to my grandmother, and you, you've seen, even though you won't admit it, you've seen stuff around, and I just, I don't know, I feel like that was, like, that final moment, and then it just happened, and I was shocked when she came out, and they put her on my chest, like, you guys will see, I'll post some stuff on social in the coming days, but it was just like, holy shit, that just happened. The babies look different, I mean, too. Come out? Yeah, they look different when they're born C-section and when they're born by... Oh, yeah, of course, because they again... They look so much different. Yeah, well, because they pass through the birth canal naturally, the way they, like, they want... Like, it took, like, three days for her to get her color. She was, like, pale as a ghost. Amelia? No, Arlie. Oh, Arlie. Uh, I think Arlie is just a lighter skin than Amelia, too, though. Amelia I, don't, I don't think so. No? I don't think so, because if you look at Arlie's face... Yeah? I think she's dark. And Amelia's She's a, dark, but I think like, she has Amelia's a lighter a lot, complexion. No, I don't think so. Really? I don't think so. I think the lighter complexion is just like that pasty white stuff that you put on the, her when you push her on your badge. It's the the vernix. It's that we haven't washed her yet because they say it's good to leave the vernix on for like closer to a week because it helps with like building all like the um they're called not antibodies, but like it helps build up their their skin and like helps with their system and things so you can you can look it up i don't remember exactly but the vernix is what gets left on it's like the skin coating basically that's like good for them but yeah i mean and she had a lot more wrinkles in her mm-hmm. hands and she had oh yeah she's got little wrinkles in hands and you guys haven't seen her yet so you you'll you'll see once i post pictures on social her skin was a lot more baggy in her hands and stuff yeah and, mm-hmm. that yeah. might also just be her like she's got different hands than amelia i mean no like different hands are different hands but they're like baggy skin hands well they're kind of like scaly yeah yeah i mean yeah but every baby's different but i guess i mean oh because that's how they're you know they're obviously no matter what well they come out when they come out of surgery they have to clean them up right well also they don't clean them up when they come out of the the, the well, I told them not to. Vaginal cavity. Yeah. <laughs> I told them not to because I was on my birth preferences, the chart you gave them. said you can wipe them down as far as like blood and things are concerned, but like don't wash them unless oh, you... Oh, she still has crusty blood in her hair. Oh, yeah, I know. I saw a little bit. Little That's bits. why I'm waiting to give her first. By the way, mm-hmm. I think I saw a very severe reddish tint. Severe? In her hair. Severe? Yeah. What do you mean? I think she's going to be redhead. No, you don't. I do. Do you really? I do. Oh, geez. I thought you were messing with me. Really? I think she's going to be redhead. 
That would be pretty funny. I mean, never know. I mean, let me tell you something, guys. You haven't seen her yet, but she basically looks like Justin. I mean, I actually think she looks maybe more like Justin's dad, Joe. But, I mean, I'm telling you, I bake them, I birth them, and they come out looking like him. Now, 0 for 2 right now. <laughs> Look just like it. I mean, seriously. Like, I do all, all the work. No offense. And, I mean, you help in the beginning and in the end. Well, if you want to use the baking references, it's got some really, some really potent bee batter. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, you help in the beginning to make the baking happen. And then you help at the end to make the product, you know, the baked good come out. As far as helping me push and everything, I mean, I I freaking do the whole thing for nine months and then go through you know crazy births and they just pop out and look like you. Well, you're the you're the flour sure. and, the, and the oven. Thanks. I'm the sugar, the dark sugar, the chocolate. Oh, the, you're the whole the thing. The butter and the and the. Nice. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just like that little that one little piece. Yeah, you're the, the flour. you're the flour, the baking soda, the Thanks. oven. Yeah, thanks. Oh my god, I can't. I'm like, but seriously, like every person that I'm the has sugar, seen... the dough, the egg, and the vanilla extract. Okay, great. And my personality is like the the uh, the decorations that are on them, uh, like the accessory. Um. Yeah, that comes on after the things you bake. Exactly. <laughs> you, you... You can bake a cookie. You can put as much sprinkles on a cookie as you want to. That cookie, that sugar cookie, still a sugar cookie. Yeah, no. Guys, basically, <laughs> to sum it up, I bake them, I birth them, and they look like Justin. <laughs> um, hope you guys enjoyed this detailed birth story. Until next time, guys. Cheers. Bye.